Yeah, did you have to drop off for a bit there or what? Yeah, I was listening, but food and yeah, we have some food. Uh, men's gotta eat. Not like you, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna mumble in the microphone. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm sort of eating while I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, question look at the dedication. The Doge, what's your take on Doge? It just pumped like to 90, uh, what's that, 0 0.09, right? And then it dropped back down. It bumped, yeah, it pumped and dumped immediately. It, it, um, you know what? That is a pretty good pump test as far as like, um, you know how how quickly it can move despite its very large market cap with sudden buying. So I think like, yeah, at this level, Doge looks pretty decent. Um, let me pull up its history here. I think it's at its volume support level. Let me pull up the whole history here. Yep. So the current price of Doge at point zero eight is its highest volume monetarily traded level in its history. So at this price, you know, like at point oh seven nine, it's a really good deal. For and it has a store of value function at this price. Now the bear market low was like five cents, but I'm not sure it's gonna go back down there again because it retested that area one, two, three, four, about four touches um, to the like five to six cents area over the course of a couple of years. So I think this is a pretty good pullback for Doge. Um, uh, you know, I thought it would kind of break out and just keep flying, but instead it hit like, you know, 10 cents and then it kind of, yeah, did a pullback to around seven cents. Which is and now it's sitting about eight cents right now. Yeah, it looks fine actually. I didn't it looks like a pretty any. good like safe bet actually here. I didn't sell any. I bought something like where it is right now and I just round tripped it. I don't care. But um, it, it was just like uh, I was expecting it to pump more, honestly. Yeah, well, the, the the Twitter X thing, they are talking about how they're getting a payment network and they're in, um i think they got their license in nevada to do, do this is it nevada or nevada i don't know I mean, whatever the point is um they got the um the approval to create this um in one of the states as far as a payment thing what they haven't said specifically is that dogecoin is going to be on on the app so if it's gonna if it shows up on the app and like you know elon does some twitter spaces about it and shit then it pumps right um but i don't know if and when that's going to happen and then the second catalyst the big one for dogecoin is the of course just if we have a general bear market and the third thing is satellites so they're launching satellites with spacex they yeah. have the dogecoin like name on it and they're doing some funny shit with it i'm not sure what oh man so we're betting on the bloody satellite launch with a dog on it right yeah. Yeah, let me let me see if there's some information about that now. Uh, it's called the Doge One, D O G E One. Let me see, like, if there's a launch date, because um, you could probably just play this game. I mean, if you saw like how quickly Twitter itself pumped Dogecoin just with that one little announcement. Um, let's see, developed by G uh, no, this. I guess it was originally stated for November 2023. Of course, that didn't happen. 
as far as I know. Um, unless there's a fucking Doge satellite in space, I'm not aware of it. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Um, here's a CoinDesk article. December 1st says, gets a step closer to launch Doge 1. It's a cube satellite that will orbit the moon and broadcast a video feed. Um, let me see here if there's a date on this. Uh, National Telecommunications Information Administration, NTIA.gov, Department of Commerce Agency approved Doge 1 X-Band. Uh, we have yet to get the FCC license grant, which will address X-Band and S-Band. So they're doing some licensing shit still for the actual transmission of the Doge 1 satellite. Mm, it was first announced by founder Elon Musk in 2021, uh, SpaceX founder, and postponed by Intuitive Machines launch provider SpaceX to now targeted January 2024. Well, January's passed. That didn't happen yet. So it's coming close, I think. Um, so Doge looks like a pretty, pretty good gamble, I think, at this level. Um, and you might want to just put a limit order to sell at some point, like maybe at two X's and you're out or something. That way, you you know, the buyers hit your limit order and that's the end of it. Um, Ian, what's up? Yeah, so just hearing you talk about uh, Doge, uh, Doge Elon yeah. X, all that, like, I just came to me, what the hell is stopping Elon from starting his own X coin? Like, was, why, why wouldn't he? Um. Because, um, one, it's hard to create a decentralized um, enough coin where you don't become like a regulatory, you know, you don't have regulatory problems. Facebook did try to do this already. And they got into problems um, with government scrutiny regarding that. And they ended up not doing it. That eventually, that tech or whatever ended up becoming Aptos chain, APTOS. So that gives you an idea of the, you know, it's not that easy to, to just create a new coin that, um, you know, that, I don't know, is sufficiently decentralized where regulators would be comfortable with it. So if, it, basically, if Elon, what he said in the past was between this Doge 1 thing and X getting payments, the concept was you'd be able to buy, you'd essentially be able to buy um, Doge and send it to people. Uh, using the X app, apparently, that's the that's the story. <laughs> so, okay, cool, thanks. Mm, and that's about as much as we've heard. Noob and I are just watching this thing, like you know, picking it up at a level where it makes sense. I think price action here, it's fine to buy it. It's low risk here. Mm. And then the gamble would be that it runs because of the satellite thing. And by gamble, I mean. Like, you know, it's a gamble. <laughs> like that's that's how we identify these things is gambling. <laughs> how much gambling is it really? I think it's a pretty sure bet, honestly. Mm, I think it's not a bad play here. And I think probably most people don't realize that the satellite thing's gonna happen. So there's probably very little certainly very little public attention on this thing for sure. Mm, that stuff will happen when, you know, CNBC or whoever starts posting, oh, you know, Doge One is going up into space today, right? And all that shit. And you know, and the beauty of this is like, because SpaceX is involved, they'll have their feeds talking about it. You have the Dogecoin people involved; they'll be talking about it. You'll have news media talking about it because an actual satellite. Oh, it's a crypto satellite. What? And then people are gonna like hear about it and then pump the coin. 
So I think the the fundamentals as far as like the the pumpamentals for attention for Dogecoin so far as meme coins go are very good here. Um, yeah, and probably yeah. probably Elon lets you inscribe your PFP on a chain, right? <laughs> Stupid like that. Yeah, in fact, now that we talked about it, I'm going to buy some here, actually. <laughs> I'm going to get some right now. Uh, let me go to this thing. Um, oh, Crazy Bikram has some uh, theories here. Let's get him on, too. Um, I'm going to get some here. It's not a bad spot for it. And if you're interested in it, when you're done with that, looking up another coin that I, I saw and intrigued me. Have you heard of a coin called Mina? M-I-N-A? Uh, last season I did. I don't know too much about it now. Um, what's it about? Uh, I don't know. I guess there's the, the thing that that what I could gather from very little knowledge about crypto um, is that their whole shtick is like very, very low amount of data necessary to transact, like the amount of data to, yeah, for that, that needs to cross through the network to, you know, to make a transaction is is extremely minimal. I don't, I don't know. Um, what do you mean? Like, are they a blockchain or what? Are, what are they? I think so. I think they're a blockchain. That um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll 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 try to refresh my memory with it. I just was. Wondering. Let me look. Mina M I N A. I've heard of this, and I heard some people pumping it at some point. But never really looked into it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, pulled off of its bottom, like which was like thirty six cents or so. It's already back up to about a buck twenty-four, three so x off the bottom, which is pretty typical for the altcoin space. Um, it's got a market cap of one point two billion, with the F fully diluted of one point three five. So it's definitely not a micro cap. It's actually a fifty-eight level. You know, like its market cap is number fifty-eight of uh, among um, chains. So um, it's nowhere near yet its sort of bull market price action. Um, I don't know what kind of potential this has and what it's good for. Let's see. It's got lots of coin listings. Mm, it's got Kraken, Gate, uh, Coinbase. It's got Gate. So yeah, a lot of exchange listings, uh, like seven pages worth here. So it's definitely a legit thing. Um. Does it use zero knowledge proofs? Is that what the deal is here? Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's its deal. Uh, it's, zero it's knowledge proofs. Okay, so it allows you to like have MEV resistant um, trades and possibly some privacy component to it. Yeah, it could be good. Could be good. Uh, I can't claim to know much about it, so or anything about it really. So <laughs> the price action wise. Um, it's not bad in that it has so if you look at the like long-term history of this thing in early jan early 2023 last year it had a price of about a dollar 19 and it just broke above that again recently and that's really bullish so it's kind of created like a a gigantic sort of like w pattern um like it's creating kind of like a cup and handle type thing right now with a big sort of like inverse head and shoulders looks pretty bullish as far as price action goes 
uh, for whatever that's worth. So yeah, looks, looks pretty good. Yeah, it's something I've I've traded in and out of, made some some money uh, doing that. But um, I, but again, you know, like I you know I, I I read a little bit, I peruse about what the coin is, what it does, what it's what it's kind of um, you know what what they're hoping will differentiate it from from other it's, coins or protocols. And but you know I don't chart, know how much. It, its chart looks a lot like where Chainlink is right now. In fact, it's pretty much you know on a relative scale about this exactly where Chainlink is now and it's actually done a pretty good pullback from its recent pop to $1.70 instead of $1.20 now you know what I'm going to get some while we're talking about it why not <laughs> it seems like a reasonable bet gamble here I think the chart looks good I'm going to grab some here all right cool I did, I've done my duty to your bag <laughs> i'm just i'm just here like low-key pumping <laughs> yeah you're just like, yeah, pretending exactly. like i don't know anything no yeah you don't know anything but uh, we're buying everything you say yeah no it, it no legitimately the chart looks pretty decent here um going into this sort of run and um yeah and relative to like its previous history it's looking pretty good as well its top was about six dollars and fifteen cents. It's a dollar twenty-one now. Its overall market cap is like rank fifty-six or something. And um, yep, not a bad position here. I think not the cheapest we could have ever gotten it. But then again, like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you don't. You discover things when you discover them, I guess. Um. All right. Yeah, I think reasonable chance for some upside. Yeah. So. Doge looks good here. Yeah, Mina looks pretty good here. Um, uh, Kujira's not bad here. Um, Adam is at support. It looks good, but it's a staking coin. So if you're going to get it, you need to be sure and stake it to get the proper yield off of it. Um, it's at $9.16. Its staking ratio has gone up considerably. So a lot of people are holding at this level. So it seems like it's going to maintain here, but the nine dollar level for Adam is a good place to be getting that one. Um, let's see, Zephyr looks great here, even compared to all these other things. Zephyr actually looks one of the best here. Um, and then uh, what else? Uh, yeah, Link. I'm just preparing for the two X here. Uh, over the next couple of months, I think it'll hit pretty quickly, is my guess. But we'll cross our fingers on that one. Um, anything else, Noob? Did you have any other interesting coins here? Not really interesting. I was just looking at Litecoin, you know, and just didn't didn't do much. It didn't dump, which is kind of cool. But it's like yeah, almost like Doge. Yeah, Litecoin's stagnant. Um, it has kind of come into a nice higher low. Um, interesting thing about Litecoin is that if you draw a curve um, of its bottoms, so if you kind of create a, um, like, let me do this right now. If you create a curve connecting all of its lows, um, what you'll discover is that it's kind of parabolic already over a multi-year time frame from 2018 till now the lows are actually parabolic, which is very interesting. 
So, and the hash rate for Litecoin is really well maintained. And the hash rate has been growing over the years. And also it's been growing relatively, um, like th there's no signs of it slowing down. So people seem to care about Litecoin for some reason. And it for sure is a secure network. Um, it's probably just as secure as BTC at this point. As far as like general security, you're not going to like have a 51% attack. And um, you have um, a chart that looks pretty bullish as far as higher lows, believe it or not. <laughs> as dumb as that sounds for Litecoin. Um, and um, last season, it went to $413. At the top, um, judging by how it's been consolidating here, I think um, you could pr you could probably do a five x from the current Litecoin price without breaking a sweat. In fact, I think if it if we if Litecoin goes back to its prior high of four thirteen, like it'll probably moon this time. People have been waiting for Litecoin to do this a long time, but if you look at its chart, it looks pretty bullish. Um, with higher lows, so it may do a lot. I, I think a small bag of Litecoin here, with um, with a like horizon of probably like a one and a half year hold. Um, I think we'll have reasonable returns with very low risk for downside here, like very low risk. It's like consolidated this range for a yeah, long you, time. You mentioned that two weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, I'm not like. I don't want to watch the charge every day and I don't want yeah. to do some You just want to have it sitting there and you don't want to lose your money. Um, yeah, this like the, the biggest volume profile horizontal for Litecoin is centered at about $65. It's currently 68. So this is a fantastic price to be picking it up at if you want to bother with LTC. Um, so yeah, I, I think it ought to do well though in my like guesstimation. Um, in fact, I think I'm going to add some here. Why not <laughs> get some more? Um, just kind of park some here. But like the, the risk looks too sweet here. Like the risk reward looks too obvious here not to like keep some. Yep, I'll get a little bit here again. And it's a 68. There we go. All right, you got a little bit of Litecoin as well. Um, and I think the halving actually was just a while back, not too long ago, right? So it already went through. Thing was, yeah, 2023, middle 2023, I believe. Yeah, so pump should be due, you know. Let me see, Litecoin hash rate. Yeah, I, th I think the pump for LTC will happen. Um, yeah, it's a 775 terahash per second, so it hasn't reached an exahash yet. But I do think it'll get there. Yeah, it's 883 terahash per second today on BitInfo charts. So it's reaching like near highs on its um, on its levels. So pretty consistent acceleration even after happening. Um, not sure how much like how much Litecoin is left to be mined. You know, put find the actual. Let me find this here. Average transactions market cap. What does it say? How much has been mined? Let's see. LTC, maybe a coin. Coin. Is it forex Bitcoin? Right. It's like. 
four times the amount, right? It was like coin. I believe so. Yeah, it's like eighty-four million coins total. Circulating supply is now seventy-four million. That's pretty good, man. Like ninety percent of this has been mined. I think. What is the exact number? Seventy-four, one sixty-five. Mm, divided by. You're still you're still there. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, it's just okay. rugging. No, no, it's because my my phone can't, was trying to come through. Okay, give me a second. Let me message them back. Um, yeah, so no, I, I'd say like only ten percent of the supply is left for Litecoin to be mined. That's pretty bullish, I would say. Yeah, and also interesting to see how this will actually play out because you will see the 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 spiel of how the mining plays out on Litecoin prior to Bitcoin, right? So price-wise, you will get some insights how this can actually pl play playing out the more supplies actually mined, right? The more you come to almost no supply left, kind of, sort of. No one really knows, I mean, how it's going to behave, right? When, like, these bigger coins, we've seen it on smaller coins, like XMR is mined, right? So right now you just have the tail supply on the protocol, it's like 0 0.6. XMR per block. Yeah, XMR has what left here. Um, circulating no, it's supply. fully mined. It's fully mined. It's all mined. There's just a tail emission of 0 0.6 XMR per block. To keep oh, wow. Yeah. Yep, so Monero is a good buy here too then. And it has putting, been putting in slightly higher lows like for the past two years. So it's actually a pretty good deal. Pretty good investment, actually, if you had bought it any time in the last year. It's just trickling up day after, like month after month. It just keeps going up. <laughs> like, that's interesting. Like, when you get to coins that are like, there's nothing left to mine, it just definitely puts into the perspective, like that proof of work, um, store of value um, concept when there's none left or, or like very little left to mine. It's interesting, huh? So, you basically kind of have to integrate what coins sold at what time at what price on the way to the full supply to actually get an idea of what the coin's supposed to be worth when it's fully mined sort of mm -hmm. interesting how this is going to play out you know yeah for sure um you know what i'm going to do i'm going to get some xmr as well wait can you get it on can you get it on coinbase you can't no cool coin it's shit, cool. i'm gonna, I'm gonna go to mexi and shit for that again um the bull case here would be like you know it'd be a pretty good option if you want to sort of like um if you get monero here and you get um some zephyr here both are at good prices and they would make a perfect lp on the new zephyr swap depending on how much interest rate yield there is because then you get the upward price action of Monero, then your bag goes up, right? Because like the way those LPs work is if Monero's price goes up, then you get more Zephyr. If your Zephyr price goes up, then you get more Monero. And in the meantime, you get like fees for whatever transactions are happening on that network. Um, that would be sort of like a middle point between the low growth of Monero comparatively to the high growth of Zephyr. But I would bet that would be a really good LP, actually. Yeah, most likely.
Because that's the only way to get it across, right? One way or the other. Yeah, although if you're bullish, technically you just get more Zeph. <laughs> you know, um, but it's good though because let's so this will be a positive catalyst for Zephyr, and the reason is because you're going to have LP with Monero and Zephyr in Zephyr swap, and when Zephyr when Monero goes up, which inevitably it will um, in this bull market, just judging by the fact that there's no supply left, then what will happen is is the the price of Zephyr will be pulled up by the AMM. So it's really good to 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 incorporate Zephyr with coins that are either stable in the LPs or in coins that are more likely to go up than not over the next five years. And that's really a bullish pairing to benefit the price action of Zephyr as opposed to make it worse, right? Because if you have a coin that you, you know, pair with something at the very top of the market and the other coin goes down, it's going to drag your shit down with you, right? So that's... So it's kind of a nice pairing. So I think they were looking on ZephyrSwap to pair with Doge, and they were looking to pair with Monero as well. So that could be interesting too, especially if, imagine if you can get Doge on X, you can so, you can go send it and get Zephyr immediately. Um, that'd be kind of cool. And then the fact that Doge is cheap generally as far as transaction fees is cool. The fact that its price is depressed, which means if you buy it now, you could use it to pair with Zephyr also. That's cool. So it might be fun to kind of get a little bit of Doge, a little bit of um, Monero, and do, put those into the LPs with Zephyr um, as separate positions on the Zephyr swap once we know that's safe and working. While we're talking about this, some asshole here is buying Zephyr. It's went up to 1350 Like, stop doing that shit. Um, <laughs> like, he's funny. It was like 13 minutes, 13 bucks like a minute ago, and someone went and aped into it just now, I think, while we're talking about it. It's funny. Um, but yeah, it might be some nice LPs with Monero and Dogecoin. Um, I hadn't really thought about that. I haven't thought about it that way. I didn't realize that XMR was um, fully mined. Holy shit. That's actually pretty bullish for XMR. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, they actually changed uh, this this whole protocol. They had to hard fork it in, at some stage and came up with this tail emission thing just because they wouldn't have incentives for the miners to keep it alive, right? Yeah, which I think in, was that's what was incorporated in Zephyr too, right? The tail emission. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's in there. Same, yep. same story. It's the same. It might be the same. same. Is it the same code exactly, or did they do different? No, it's tail. pretty much the same. The only things different is the emission um calculations so it's slower right so the emissions um they fade out they're not that high and they fade out slower than on xmr so it's like the yeah uh, i think circulating smaller. supply for xmr i believe was originally 18 million and now we're at like 18 million 147,000. so i don't know when the the supply the same, cap the, the absolute figures on the on the on the numbers are the same so that's also 18 million on zef it's exactly the same it's just uh, it's just the amount of blocks it takes to have them all mined. But how, how quickly is the circulating supply increasing? Is my I guess my question. Yeah, it's slower on Zeph. It's between like, Bitcoin and uh, yeah, it's a very stupid formula. It's like. Uh, but is it super low? Is it like? Is no, it's between I, Bitcoin and uh, XMR. It's like. How long does it right take for? Middle. I guess the other question would be how long would the tail emissions from Monero will it take for um, 
the price years, to du- like the ha- to double the coin count is it like a hundred years or like something weird? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I, I just tweeted it. Hold me. Hold up. Hold oh, on. I just, yeah, I had a tweet out. I put it in this. Just okay. Yeah, if you have like the specific numbers, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize this about Monero. I didn't realize that they're already finished with all mining everything. That's fucking bullish. Like, <laughs> people haven't picked up any XMR. Probably should get a small bag and hold it. The last bull market XMR hit $480. Its original bull market back in 2018, like first cycle, it hit an all-time high of $540. Its current price is $160, and it has produced a gigantic bull flag that has got that's like like starting in like the first the flagpole for the bull flag bull flag for Monero is 2018. Um, it didn't go quite as high in May 9th, but it put in a substantially higher low for this last bear market. And now is set up with like this gigantic triangle between all of those points. And you might see like Monero is one of those that if you have that CBDC narrative play out, it could absolutely fucking moon like you wouldn't believe. Like this thing could go completely ape shit because it's only a three billion market cap now with no supply left except for the tail emissions. Holy shit. Like this could 10x. This could definitely 10x uh, Monero. Yeah, that, easily. That, that would be fun. And, and I think um, a lot of governments, they're much more keen on rolling this out faster. Yeah. And, if, and here's the other think- thing, too. If Monero 10x is and this thing is LP'd with uh, Zeph. Man, dude, like that really makes the probability of a Zeph 100x real. Yeah. This is super bullish for Zeph, too. Did, uh, did you see that chart? Or no, not just, a chart? Now I'm seeing like stars and like moon boy images here in my head. But yeah, you were saying, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I just put it in the nest. Do you see it? Yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know about the um, what's happening with. Zephyr, I'm talking about like Monero though, how much tail emissions per it's exactly year. half is exactly the half from the time wise thing. So basically it stopped like mining at seven years. That's mm. what Monero did. And then and then it's always zero point six XMR per block. And the same will happen with Zeph. Okay. Yeah. It's also zero point six. So it grinds up very slowly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Now, there, yeah, there's definitely some uh, bullish stuff out there. I hadn't even paid that close attention to what XMR. I knew XMR's chart looked good. I'm like, why does it keep climbing up, up, and away like month after month? It just slowly puts in higher lows. So, like, just for reference for people like that are listening, it's like, okay, like in January 2022, it had a low of 117. Then it kind of trickled up in no, by November to 128. These are the lows, by the way, the 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 as the the dips, so to speak. Then 135, then 138, then 139, then 152, and now we're at 163. So it just keeps trickling up. There's just not much supply of this. And imagine, like, you know, who knows? Like, if you only have 18 million coins, and you know, they keep trickling into various wallets and different dexes and whatever then slowly you wind up um eating up all the supply and okx got rid of privacy coins as you know because they were worried about regulatory whatever 
So that would be the downside to this. But if you're if more DEXs are being created, like Zephyr Swap that's supporting Monero, um, that's a bullish case. And it could be that like this is the season that people run up Monero because it's being attacked. Like, you know, the more the more like negativity that goes towards it, the more people are like, fuck it, I'm gonna buy this thing. Cause you know, XMR people are fucking hardcore crypto people. These are not like your normal dorks. Like the Bitcoin laser-eyed people, fuck them. Like, like the Monero people are serious hardcore cypherpunk type crowd who are seriously into privacy and everything else. Um, yeah, if you're like a hardcore libertarian, Monero is your coin pretty much, or Zephyr, but not necessarily BTC as an automatic. So like these people are not going to be selling all that easily. Uh, in fact, they haven't. Their higher lows every season have been impressive. Um, I used Monero recently to buy um, subscription to um, uh, what's it called? The uh, uh, this Mulvad VPN, which is quite good. Uh, so if you haven't used that, Mulvads are really really good. M U L L V A D is a great VPN. You can find a lot of airdrops and shit that they try to lock you out with this thing, and you can pay for it with Monero, and they just give you a transaction hash as your username. You don't even have a username. There's no KYC. So that's what you want to use is um, something like Molvad, where they don't take any personal data of yours. Um, pretty cool stuff. Anyway, uh, but I was able to use Monero to pay for it, and I paid for like two or three years worth of subscription with them. Wow. I guess Monero could easily pull a 10x from here. Not it from really here, could. but yeah. Sounds yeah. Sounds Be because a 5x would put it closer, or like, no, a 3x would put it closer to its prior high. Yeah. Um, so a 10 X from here, uh, would be feasible. Yeah. yeah. And then for a pullback in the next bear market to a two X from here or something like 300 bucks or 200, uh, 300 bucks roundabout. So it, it might go to a thousand this bull run and then pull back to 300 or 250 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, Monero's chart looks just absolutely beautiful at this stage. <laughs> like um its bear market top was 183 and it's still 163 from there so even the bear market is pumped higher than where it is now so i think there was a little bit of fear involved when okx was delisting stuff that's where you had a little bit of a dip to 140 yeah but not really a lot right even binance said yeah we're gonna have to delist it and blah 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 and what happened it's like a blip you know it's like nothing these people yep. that are holding XMR, they, they they have never given a shit about the government. <laughs> no, they, they don't give a fuck about that. No, for sure, no. In fact, a lot of people will probably use Monero peer-to-peer, -peer, which makes it even more bullish because that means there's no speculative multiples in the price right now, right? That's the thing. Like, if you think about how low something can go, how many longs are out there, you know, leverage longs, probably very few here. So it's, it's, it's like a pretty safe bet. Hey, Max, what you up to, man? Hey, Safi. I uh, just joined about 10 minutes ago, and I heard – I missed it, but I heard you say um, that Zephyr was looking super bullish. Um, mm -hmm. Just wanted to know, like, you know, what you what your thoughts are on the current uh, – No, what, what happened so – and, and also the relationship between that and XMR. Like, I, I have – like, I've never purchased uh, – bought XMR. I know very little of it, but some seems like, based on the conversation you're having – some so, the, so the quick recap is Zeph actually runs on the same uh, random X consensus algorithm that Monero does. So Zephyr is basically a hard fork 
uh, of Monero, and then they added the stablecoin piece to that system, right? So that's what that was. Um, so things that are happening that we're talking about is one is that Zephyr's chart looks like it's going parabolic from the bottom here already. So if you look, if you zoom into it and like go to like a 15 minute chart and you sort of like draw a curve from like, I don't know, January 25th till now, it's putting in lower lows every pretty much every day. I mean, higher lows every day. So it just goes up and down, up and down, but it's like trickling upwards and nobody's noticing. That's a really bullish sort of look to it. Um, the second thing is its volume has dropped off to oblivion, which usually means it's going to run soon. Uh, so that's that's a good sign. Um, the third good sign is that Monero, we just realized, um, or I just realized that it, they already mined all of it. And it's a privacy coin that's at 3 billion market cap. And it could definitely moon a good 10x this season based on the fact that there's no coins left. Um, now, it might be harder because it's hard to bring capital to Monero, but Zephyr Swap is a new DEX coming out. And it's going to have Monero, it's going to have Zephyr, it's going to have ZSD, it's going to have Tether, I believe Dogecoin and Bitcoin, and I think Ethereum, something like that. And um, I'm not sure exactly how the, that system is going to operate, but ultimately, you're, um, it's, this is bullish for Zephyr because if you have a Monero pairing with Zephyr, if Monero moons, then that's going to bring up the price of Zephyr in the AMM automatically. Which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, and then not only that, but if Monero does well because it's supply shock um, potential, it, there's basically no coins left to mine. All 18 million have been mined, and the only coins left are the ones that are tail emissions, which are way way slower than mining. So therefore, um, uh, it's like the tokenomics now for Monero is fantastic in terms of supply shock potential, and if Monero uh, goes up, which it probably will, and then Zephyr is paired with Monero in the AMM, it's much more likely to run with it. So that's what we mean by Zephyr being bullish. So Zephyr's chart itself is bullish. It's already went through capitulation and kind of rising up above that now. And then simultaneously, um, Monero's situation looks really bullish. And probably nobody realize, realizes that Monero supply is all finished up. Um, very few people talk about Monero anymore. And the privacy stuff is something that, um, you know, people don't like really get into because of regulatory shit. But the really reality is like that um, if new DEXs come out that supply both Monero and Zephyr uh, and Tether, that's very bullish because like now you have a decentralized way to access Monero and privacy without having to go to a centralized exchange and not having to be worried it's going to be shut down. And then there's some other discussion with privacy networks like, I'm sorry, not privacy, decentralized um, uh, systems like some of the Thorchain forks that are considering building a privacy fork as well, that could be very interesting, especially if like the, the Zephyr people or the Monero people can tell uh, help um, one of the Thorchain forks uh, create a privacy DEX. Uh, that'd be really, really sweet too. Um, anyway, but yeah, very interesting emerging kind of mm, bullish factors for both XMR and Zeph, I would say. Cool yeah, stuff. that all sounds uh, pretty bullish. Um, so, so like for a pleb like myself, or maybe I should say a noob. How would you play uh, the two? I mean, are you just like, I'm just, I've well, been buying I, Zeph, that's it. And I, no, I, I think, I think Zeph buying... is, the, is the sensible thing to do because 
Um, so why would you get Monero? Monero is something you'd get if you need to put a lot of money in. And you're not so much worried about the multiples. You just want the privacy. You want something that has like relatively limited downside at this point. I mean, you know, it's at 163. You know, could it drop down to 130? Maybe. That's probably the downside for Monero. So it's putting in higher lows for like a solid two years and has consolidated very, very nicely. In fact, XMR, this is the highest volume zone for XMR is 150. Oh, I don't know, like $160 and it's 163. So it's an absolute support. So XMR, like I think is a very like um, technically safe play here and it hasn't crashed in, in 20, you know, 10 years plus. So therefore, you know, there's no question about network security at this point either. So as a store of value, Monero looks really good here. Um, Zephyr, on the other hand, has way more upside potential from here. I mean, well, shit, like Zephyr could do a 10x from here and none of us would even blink about it. It'd be just normal, like, because it's already gone to 52, pulled back to 10. And uh, the odds it's going to run past 50 like the 1 billion market cap level for Zephyr is at $400. So I'm fully expecting reaching that this bull run as a norm. Um, will we reach that relatively quickly with this new DEX coming out? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. He's going to rock us. <laughs> hey, can you guys hear me? Yep. Noob, can you hear me? I have yep. no idea, but no, the app just sort of kicked me out for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, it just died and had to re reconnect. Anyway, um, oops, where'd you go? I guess maybe multiple people dropped off. Uh, uh, yeah. Or no, Max is he's a listener. There he is. Um, what was the question again he was asking? Oh, hey, hey. I lost Steph, my train yeah. of thought. <laughs> I got kicked <laughs> off. No, all good. No, I was just, you know, um, I've been buying Zeph um, and only Zeph. Um, I'm just wondering if I should consider buying like XMR or just, you know, stick with my uh, so plan. So what, what I had mentioned earlier was with XMR, if you get a little bit of it, one of the benefit is like yeah. you, if you want to diversify a little bit differently, that new DEX is coming out and apparently there's going to be LPs with where you can pair Monero and Zephyr together. So, you know, there might be some yield that you get from that, from transactions, and that could be interesting possibly. Um, cause if Monero goes up, you do fine. If Zeph goes up, you do okay. In the meantime, while you're waiting, you're getting some yields from the thing. Seems like a reasonable option. So something to investigate, but if you pick up Monero while it's low, then it might be, um, a decent consideration to pair it in that DEX. Now I would be careful with DEX, brand new DEXs cause I think they have to get audited and, you know, like who knows how many, you know, possible um hacks or whatever there could be for those things so that would be the, the only counter argument to that is is that but like yeah if you're talking about which is going to have better price action uh almost surely zephyr will because it's so it's such a small market cap right now it's like 35 mil or some shit so it can really go up easily from there um let's see zephyr right now our market caps have 40 million which is not not very high at all so yeah, I, I mean, just to clarify, like what I meant was um, like for privacy coins, I've been buying Zeph only. Mm -hmm. um, but the news of like a DEX sounds pretty amazing. Like, it, would that be something like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tangent wallet, but 
in the app, you can actually just like swap USDC for cat Caspa, which is something I have a small bag of Caspa and I really love that feature. And I think going to like Mexx, you know, Mexi or any other um sex, I can just buy it in my tangent wallet with that. Yeah. If we, so um something, yeah. one of the things that we should be able to do is um we so the Zephy wallet, which um DMT produced like um he might be able to incorporate the um link to the decks and the ability to connect to the wallet if he adds like a web browser within the the phone wallet that could be pretty good um so yeah what once the decks actually is released and it's working properly um being able to swap right in your wallet might be an actual reality because since we actually know the developer he hangs out here with us so like we he he's interested in putting any interesting um thing that'll support the protocol so that could be that could be really good yep where you can manage your transfers directly like you could bring in tether using a ethereum wallet in the same system and then you would be able to swap it in that dex to something in your zephyr wallet and go through the so I think the way that it's going to work is going to be like a smart contract based system. Um, I don't know if it's it's like EVM compatible or I'm not sure how they're building it. What I haven't seen so far is any information the, about the Zephyr Dex. Huh? The Dex. The Zephyr? Oh, okay. No, it's not EVM based. It's basically um, these are hot wallets that are run on a server. Okay. So it's more or less, you know, it's like fixed float or something like that, where you can actually, they use the same as, I think it's an open source protocol that, that's available. Is it a ThorChain fork? Um, no, no, no. It's basically, it's really like it's a hardened server against any external attacks, and it's it's really managing the keys and everything. So there's risk to it. There's definitely risk to it. So it's it's not like uh, it's not like uh, secure like Thor chain where you actually have mm. rune against the LPs to secure that the validator doesn't. So it's really just a piece of software that actually gets Oracle prices and but it's 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 like it's isolated in a in a very secure IP um, IPsec environment. Um, so it's not really like a hundred okay. percent risk free thing. But Sawchain isn't either. They were hacked three times, right? So, but the it, it's it, they have something out there that's already working, and I think there's a couple of these sem, semi-legal dexes that are working on this backbone, right? So, it's, I think it's the same piece of software. And it's it's a, is it the same style that they use for like the Monero Bitcoin one? I forget the name of that one. It's called Un. Uh, no, I think that's atomic. That's an atomic swap. swap. That yeah, that was. Called uh, what's yeah. that called? that's really like uh, permissionless that's permission definitely there's someone's holding the keys for L all the lps and whatnot. yeah I, i'm just not sure how how it will work for the for the lps for getting the money in and out for example for the east lp that might be a smart contract but um the thing is if you if you if you don't use smart contracts and you, you really just release this with a with a note that just sends it that just outputs a a hashed um, um, transaction right to the blockchain, you're you're actually way cheaper than interacting with a smart contract because any shitty smart contract on Ethereum costs like fifty dollars per transactions, right? So it's like not not very intelligent to do that, and you can also rebalance that these LPs within a, a service system. 
which is not that transparent in the end of the day, but you can't do it anyways because it's not on the same blockchain. So it's it's difficult, but I'd, I'd say, you know, if you do a proper job, you can probably make it still transparent. Yeah, and let everyone the whole thing is either like they, they have to do atomic swaps or they have to do a third chain-like system. That's, you know, one of the two. Hmm. There's not too many. There's not too many ways for this to go because you're on two different types of blockchain. You're on multiple blockchains, right? Yeah. Um, he mentioned uh, what's the but name? He, there's, they're calling it the Dex, which implies to me that it's more than just uh, like a you know just a fancy centralized exchange, right? Because because it, it, if it's not truly a Dex, it's just basically another type of sex, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. Um, he mentioned uh, that we should just imagine something like Changeli, you know, that exchange? Changeli, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he said it's more or less like that from, from the user experience. Hmm. That's what it's going to be, you know. But, um, yeah, let's see what they come up, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I think these guys, they know what they're doing, and it won't be won't be they won't let us down that's my feeling I've, yeah i wonder i wonder if these are so kind far. of like uh monero devs building this i wonder yeah. they, maybe because they seem pretty Who close <laughs> so that makes me wonder they know their shit yeah they know their shit. yeah they know their so. shit which is like you're not usually creating a privacy dex unless you know what you're doing so yeah, the thing is with Monero, no one wants to change the protocol. No. Right? They made it very clear that the community doesn't want to do it. So yeah, so be it. You build something new. No, it could have been some of the heavy. you know people that originated on Monero that decided, hey, this would be an interesting achievement to do, and yeah. and we need a stable coin to sort of pair these things with, and you need it to be yeah. fundamentally um, yeah. private as well, maybe. Yeah, and and they just don't want to be docs, you know. So they don't want right. To, probably if you know there's some i'm i'm not going to read the source code but probably um you know if you know you can see the programming style from certain people if you're really into programming it's like it's like reading style right you can really see what people output and you will probably be even able to identify that the same guy wrote this piece of code that wrote something for monero in whatever. yeah you copy the code into like chat dbt and say is this a smart developer or not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah. no, they made a lot of mistakes and da da da. You know, like <laughs> you know, is this hackable? Yeah, uh, I I don't think um, anything's safe in this world. But um, if 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 you are, let's say, the, the thing is, it's battle proven, right? It's Monero's out there. If you fork it, you're a pretty good chance that there's no fuck up in there, right? Because it would have fucked up already. That's just. That's just yeah, a way to time prove is, it. Time it's is a, a way to tell if it's battle tested or not. Time and also how much uh, value secured because no one's gonna uh, no one's gonna hack your hundred dollar blockchain, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna hack your 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 billion dollar blockchain to try to extract value from it. Yep. So time and value secured tells you how safe something is, and Monero's um, interestingly safe here. And a really like pretty decent, you know, not fixed supply. You know, there's a little bit of tail emissions, but still not bad. You don't have the Bitcoin problem of, you know, not having enough. Uh, like you don't have tail emissions. So who's going to pay for the network now type of problem later.
Yeah, and with the inflation that we have to live with for the next couple of years, uh, anything's going to be better than fiat, in my opinion. You know? Actually, XMR just took a dump today. Um, it dropped from like one six. Well, not much, like a few bucks. It, I was on the fifteen minute chart. I didn't realize how zoomed in I was. But yeah, the price today looks reasonable. It pulled back a fair amount. Its local top was 180. It's now at 163. Not bad. Kraken still has it, by the way. If you're a US user and you want Monero, it's uh, it's available on there. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the, the whoever put XMR together was a really, really intelligent man. You know, uh, that that's not a simple piece of mathematical arch architecture. What's behind what, it? What the red signatures? Really everything. You know, it's 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 how they hide the amounts with these bulletproofs. You know, they they they, they thought about so many things. Yeah. It's it's like um, it's like almost like Bitcoin. You know, no one actually looked at it in the beginning like really understood it, people just slowly really realized how much thought went in that piece of software, right? Yeah, what, what I'm going to do is, so so when Zephyr 100, 100X is from here and it reaches the like Monero's market cap, then what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to take some of it. I'm going to um, use Zephyr Swap. I'm going to swap into something like Tether there. So, you know, and then I'm going to take that to Badali.com, uh, is it Badali HQ or something? Badali, B-I-D-A-L-I, and, and then grab a whole bunch of different gift cards, and then like send gift cards to everyone I know that um, you know, and the family and stuff. Have them load up those gift cards onto their <laughs> like Apple and uh, Amazon accounts and whatever else, and uh, they'll pretty much like be able to use that for expenses for the like I don't know next decade or whatever buying every other bullshit that you need on Apple and subscriptions and smartphones, computers, whatever the fuck else. Right. And just basically send, you know, have it available there over time. And then, um, I'm going to then use, um, yeah, I mean, once you've kind of like moved it over to tether in this way, it basically just, you know, goes into oblivion somewhere. Right. And you can use it for whatever the, how you feel like it and then i can just leave it sitting there and then what i might do is depending on how the dex is organized so if the dex is organized in such a way that like you could pair maybe zsd and zeph or you can pair you know zsd and tether for that matter and just get paid the yield i might just leave that shit on there and some of it and just get paid yield there as well and then use that yield to buy shit with um gift cards and whatever else and so like <laughs> so i have a very specific plan for this ecosystem like i'm not fucking around i'm like this is one of those one of the very most high utility ecosystems i can imagine in crypto quite literally so like it could be quite good we'll see what other kind of things that they create i wonder if like they end up creating like uh lending borrowing type um and leverage positions and stuff on that deck and that swapping decks. Maybe they will like, cause, cause you can imagine like the developers seem to be interested in Zephyr from the perspective of a revenue stream that keeps the developer sustainable. It keeps the decks sustainable. It keeps LP or sustainable. 
And these are all people willing to pay higher fees, like the cons consumers willing to pay higher fees for the privacy. You're like, fuck it, if I have to lose 1%, but my, my transaction is private, what do I give a fuck? I'm gonna put it on this thing. So you're gonna find users for sure, and you have a way to sustain it because that privacy piece is like a source of reason why you would pay the extra fees and not use just a regular exchange or something like that. And once you have the, all of those incentives aligned, then you have everything set up for good growth because now everyone's incentivized to provide, um, you know, so the more transactions that happen on the network, the more yield you're likely to get and the more you're likely to go and put, you know, LPs in. So the LPers get paid, the DEX itself has some funding, the Zephyr ZSD system has funding, the collateral holders in the form of ZRS, they're funded. Um, and then ultimately, if you have more transactions with like, some sort of perps protocols or some other bullshit, then those things can get funded. And the whole thing looks like it could be a lot of fun. And you know that one more thing, um, people don't think about it, but all it takes for Lightning Network on Bitcoin to work was actually segregated witness update and Taproot. Mm -hmm. So Taproot is basically allowing for time locks. And um, that's what you need to settle these funds off chain and make sure that uh, people pay them and no one gets fooled, right? The thing is, it's probably very simple or very easy to do the same thing for ZSD because Lightning can't do that, right? There's no dollars on the Bitcoin blockchain, but you can do that and you can actually send ZSD also in a kind of a Lightning adaption, which is based on that thing. You know, it's not very far away. I can completely see that this is workable and possible. You know, it's like uh, it's just something I, I kind of smell. You know, it's like someone might be having this idea. I, I would do that, you know, <laughs> kind of, sort of. Do what now? Possible. So basically build a lightning style network with ZSD where you can basically immediately send off-chain transactions that settle later on on the chain, right? So you could pay other people. It's possible. I think it's completely possible. Maybe they have to do a, one more hard fork, which they plan anyways, you know, but... Um, but imagine soon with Zephyr Swap, it could be very, very simple to send your ZSD, have it swap with the aggregator to Tether, and send it directly to the person that you wanted to send it to all in one swipe, possibly. Um, and therefore, you go out of the privacy network into a public network, because maybe someone else that you know doesn't have a Zephyr, yeah. or they don't have, they don't, they're not on the proper exchange. Yeah, but the thing is, we have a we have a limited transaction block space, right? So, and that's why they implemented Lightning Network on Bitcoin because you can basically do this on a separate layer for smaller amounts to pay people straight away in Bitcoin, right? And it works. It's not that kind of completely safe and whatnot, but for smaller amounts, for regular people, it's completely fine. Now, imagine you build something, and it's a couple of years in the future, but I think that. The whole lightning thing will actually take off on bitcoin and it will be a lot better and people will start using it now imagine something comes up that actually works with dollars with zsd for example with something completely untraceable where you can send dollars around and no one can can screw with you right zsd so i think there's there's also some it's, it's very far away at the moment but from a technical standpoint it's not very difficult you don't have the adoption no one's interested right now into it but as soon as this thing in lightning in the lightning network takes off and i expect this to happen i really expect that lightning really kicks off because there's a lot of investment going on as far as i understand they really want to use this infrastructure for 
micropayments and whatnot, in, especially in other countries like the miners, Bitcoin miners and all these maxis, they are really pushing a lot of money in there, as far as I can understand. So I think there's other people in the Bitcoin space that are more like, you know, essentially Lightning Network is more or less like a failed thing and it's not reaching any adoption and whatnot, too. So there's I've seen different like dialogue about that. Yeah, the problem is it's not stable. You know, that's what people don't like. They want to send dollars around, not Bitcoin. If you go to an African guy and he can send USDT for no money to someone else, he will use it, right? He doesn't want to use his whatever Naira or whatever currency that devalues or the Argentinian peso, but it has to be like super cheap. They want they don't want to pay one one USDT for transaction fees on the chain, right? To transact with these things, it's too expensive. It's got to be like super cheap. So yeah, I'm I'm just saying this. Technically, it's possible via a 30 million market cap or like 40 million on Zef. It's very far away. Who knows if it works, but the potential is there. That's all I'm saying. It's possible, technically. If it's feasible, if it's workable, who knows, you know. But I yeah. could imagine something like that. Looking at the Zef chart, I mean, the it's uh, these these higher lows are going is are parabolic on now. So I'm wondering if maybe like. You know, if you just follow the curve, the trajectory puts us back at like twenty-seven or twenty-five dollar um, Zephyr by about ten days from now. Quite fast. Par parabolic is usually a lot more impressive than people think. Once these things start to move, and also the other thing is, if you look at the timing. Um, so if you look at Zephyr's top to today. The top was at like $52, and if you pull like how many days has it been, it's been 72 days already. And I think CASPA is also proof of work um, to go from its first high down to its first dump to its like first retrace. I mean, first retracement back to its previous high. It was about a three-month period. We're at 72 days, so that puts us at about really just like 20 days theoretically to reach that kind of number. And if you look at like the curve right now, technically you could hit that. It sounds absurd, but like you could definitely get to that quite quickly. So it's interesting right now. Definitely a good time to be bullish on Zephyr, I think, especially if, if they have the decks coming out on the 21st, right? So you have to imagine before then, there's gonna be people that are interested in LPing on that thing and be buying right now in anticipation of that, right? So that's what I'm thinking um, is kind of like the price catalyst is the is the sort of like seeding of this DEX with funds is going to take some money. And when would you buy this stuff? You're going to buy it early. And people are sort of just waiting for that DEX to emerge and it just didn't exist yet. And now it does, or it's, at least it looks like it's going to. So that puts like, yeah, I mean, as... It'd be interesting if this turns out to be right that by before February is over, if we go back to prior high on Zephyr, that would be very, very good. I, for one, have loaded up a fuck ton of extra Zeph between 17 and here. So, <laughs> like, that's my disclosure. It's like, if it goes up, it benefits me. Max, what else are you buying? You've only got Zeph only, or you've got some other things? Or if you're still there. Uh, so I got a small bag of Cas Caspa. Um, How long have you had it? Like since early days or what? No, I bought it around like was it five cents? Um, so you know, 
doubled up. Um, should have bought more. Of course, whenever you think back uh, in hindsight, you always want to. You're always thinking you want to buy more. Five cents. More. You're you're up. You're up like two x right now, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not Good. terrible. That's I, I didn't put in that much though. Um, and then I've been listening to you. Um, you know, uh, talk about like Link, and I think that's a pretty compelling. Um, like buy. Uh, so I've, I've loaded up on Link uh, between fourteen and fifteen. Um, so happy to see this latest pop. Because um, Cass right now is sitting at. Let me see what market cap are we at now. About three billion on Cass. No, two point three actually. Um, I don't keep up with that community much. I don't know exactly like what that's going to do. But um, it's had a Talk, talking about the mining community. Where's where's the guy that actually told us about theft oh. in the first place? Oh, what's where? Where's up been? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's been doing lately. Yeah, I haven't seen him around. Maybe he's on vacation or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I probably sold all his theft at fifty dollars. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's still mining and stuff. So I don't know where he. Wait, wait, he's yeah. been busy. Like he just had some been on spaces lately. I was lately. just wondering because he would have had an insight on Casper. You know, I think he was also mining Casper. Yeah, yeah. No, if he's if he sold it at fifty bucks, more power to him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> whatever you do, you're you know you do with you you do with people should do with their money what they feel like it. Um, I could have sold on the way up too. I just wasn't interested in sort of gambling, deciding what the top was going to be and stuff. And I just decided I was going to hold and buy on the way down. That's kind of what I did this time around. But like. Um, but I'm more interested in kind of the 400 to f to $1,200 market cap, or $1,200 range for Zeph, which is way higher than here. So um, trying not to gamble that bag and just adding a little bit here and there when I can. Uh, honestly, it looks really good. You know, I, I think it, it's going to run as soon as the as the really sweet mm -hmm. candles kick in, you know, and other stuff runs as well. No, the timing is the timing is right because like, Zeph ran, I believe, several weeks after uh, Chainlink did last um, in October. So what happened was uh, October Chainlink ran, and then November, and then kind of peaked out, and then right around like the latter half of October is when I believe Zeph started to run. It peaked out at like November, something or another. Um, and so what that means is cyclically, like if you just look at the timing, it's almost think of this like an engine, you know, where all the gears are sort of moving. Um, yeah, November twenty fourth was when Zeph peaked. So the Zeph run is offset from Chainlink by several weeks. So that's why I'm thinking Chainlink runs first at this point, and then Zeph runs next is what I'm guessing. Yeah, Chainlink looks really beautiful. I know if this is just got a got a rip past twenty in, that's gonna surprise people. I think. I don't know if it's a surprise. It seems kind of, kind of like just an obvious, uh, sort of like an obvious conclusion at this point. No, I mean, it, it just maybe, it, maybe it does the other thing. Maybe it goes down a bit just to kind of like piss everyone off for a little bit. Yeah, or, or it just rips <laughs> like three, three, four, five dollars in a day. You know, that's that's what I think is actually also a sign to people that, oh, look what happened, right? So it goes from 18 to 23 not even stopping at 20 for real you know and everyone's like oh what just happened you know yeah you just need one nice pump and then then the google trend starts to pump up and then 
it goes up and then you know it dips and then the leverage people get exited and then the, all the new beeps come when the when the dip happens and then it runs again and so that's that's what i'm thinking is going to happen like up to like link of 32 that's my suspicion here so i my my thought is like oh like link 32 by um you know link all-time high by like maybe f april is my theory and um maybe hitting like 32 by this month is my guesstimation that's the velocity i'm suspecting is going to happen here which would be pretty par for the course for link this would not even be unusual behavior for it it'd be like very similar to past price action and also very similar to october yeah and then uh, some retraces do i think and not just for link i think for the entire market just kind of and probably some bullshit will also come around around summer. It's like, uh, they have to lower the rates and some banks will break. And what the fuck? You know, the Russians may shoot some Ukrainians or <laughs> something. Something bad happens in the world, you're saying. Yeah. Something that coincides with the price action. You know, it's like people. Apparently someone has to die to pump our bags. Yeah. Or, or like go into poverty somewhere. It's for really something. Bad. It's crazy. Hmm. Yep, this is, yeah, the Zephyr's just trickling upwards all day long. So, like, if this parabola sort of holds, we should see uh, by February 7th, let me see, let me make, let's put, pick a number that makes sense here. Um, yeah, if, if this parabola kind of holds, you should see, like, by November 9th or so, Zeph back to about a $17 higher low. Because I'm tracking the lows, not the tops, um, just drawing a curve under the lows. And it's putting in some nice growth here. So, it, yeah, seeing 17 bucks again by, oh, a week from now would be awesome. And then 17 is sort of the break point because, remember, that was the capitulation level. That's where previous support was. Um, there's a lot of volume for Zephyr right at um, the highest volume zone now for Zephyr is actually $17.47. So if we if we pass 18 bucks. Um, and then there's another level of resistance at 28. But realistically, like after a dump this hard, you're going to break all resistances and head on up because only strong hands remain, right? Like, and especially because you have constant mining activity and sellers from that too. So if we're pushing up past, let's say 25, again, it'll run for sure. I don't think there's any doubts in my mind at that point. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the hash rate actually coming up quite a bit on this next leg up. This would be good, you know, if we like break like three giga hash or something, that'll be really positive, you know, as a people are watching these things, you know, if whatever they, they mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. But if you see also the hash rate breaking higher highs, you know, well, if we pass prior high again, if we get to like 50 bucks again, we'll be back to being the most valuable um, coin to mine in crypto again. Yeah, it was cool. Don't forget about that. <laughs> And that that garners a lot of attention, right? Like people are people take that and assume, wait, it's like a price is a social consensus mechanism, and if price is going up, that means number. I mean, coin good basically, and the more times it does that, the more good the coin is. <laughs> That's how people think. Yeah, um, I mean, it's and how else are you going to think? Price has to be the final arbiter of truth, essentially. And let's say if a, a cash basically, if people. I, I checked it, you know, I spooled up some, some nodes and it's, I think it's around 40 bucks where it's actually reasonable to spool up a miner on a cash network. 
which is kind of everyone can do it. And there's, yeah, well, there's there's some hash, hash rate out there for rent, right? So I guess, you know, if you stay above 40, there'll be hash rate, you know, it's easy, rentable, it's easy for people to do it. It's, it's just like this tutorial is a YouTube video that takes three minutes and you, all you need is some, some money on the cash network, right? Not only that, but who in the right mind would mine on a cash and then immediately sell their Zeph tokens? It be no, makes no sense at all. These are clearly going to be speculative miners. Because if, if all they had to do is speculate, they could just speculate by holding a cash itself, right? So like, why would they? So I think these would be all hodlers, essentially, that would hold for much higher prices. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like it's, it's going to be so profitable that even that's profitable to do it on a cash, right? Oh, by the when the price pumps, yeah, 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 of course. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's everything's looking pretty pretty sharp today. No, even some of these like daily pullbacks, like injective pullback, like four percent. Um, Link went to like eighteen, and now is like a seventeen. Actually, went to eighteen eighty. I didn't realize it jumped that high. It's now at seventeen seventy, which was the breakout level. So, um, with Link, the breakout was December twenty eighth, and um, not break, but the last high was seventeen sixty, local top, and now we're back to that at seventeen seventy six. Retesting that, and the reason that gets retested is because people tend to put in um leverage long positions at breakouts and so those people end up either selling when they make some profit or they get liquidated on the way down or get worried that they're going to get liquidated so then they sell so then you that's why you oftentimes get retests of breakouts because of these like leverage behavior and then um yeah so if we if we kind of hold this line on link then the next step is to 21 is the next uh level but I'm just pointing out that like a lot of a lot of coins pull back a little bit today. Um, most of the ones I'm following did, um, except Zephyr. Zephyr is just climbing now. So I think I think Zephyr's it's it's time is here. <laughs> like it's been, uh, yeah, seventy two days or something, and um, yeah, I just I kind of put a marker. I put a thing on my chart for 90 days um but i think 90 days or so was the caspa dip or something like two to three months so that's good good reference point for how how long these dips last and we're almost there i think and by the way the upside part is really quick do not expect these things to be like so let's when you get an 80 percent retracement what happens is people just waiting for a few weeks just to make sure that we bottomed out and then what happens is Everyone piles in all at once. You might think, oh, you know, I'll get it. It'll go to 27. Maybe it'll go to 13 again, and maybe I'll get a chance. What usually happens on these types of coins is once you've bottomed out and like, let's say there's a 90-day window where, you know, the retracement takes place or the consolidation, like 70 of those days will be running to the bottom. And then like 10 of them, you know, like 10 or 20 of those days will be running all the way back to prior high really quickly that's what usually happens pull up any chart so the the upside happens really quickly the downside bleeds out so um do not assume that you're going to find like a really really perfect buy um on any of these things so like when zephyr with a pullback from 52 to now 1340 that's just a great price right now still at about 75 percent retracement or something 
In fact, the exact amount, so let's pull that up, is the current retracement is at about, yeah, 75%. So very decent uh, place to pick some up if you have not, if you're interested in that. Um, oh, Sophie, by the way, did you get some CSR? I got a little bit, like like nine coins or something ridiculous small. <laughs> I got more than you, way more. <laughs> I know, you, and you said that. I'm like, what the? Yeah. I couldn't find a, the right timing. Yeah, I think like, the dips were happening in your time zone, and it was like I was asleep when half this shit was happening. Yeah, I think, I think. No, I was, I, I don't think you were asleep, actually. It's like, uh, oh, maybe it was morning here. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or maybe, like, or maybe I didn't click the button fast enough. Something happened. I don't know. Yeah, it was like super crazy because it's, it almost seemed like the block didn't go through, and I was like, yeah, but it didn't work, right? And then, and then, a little bit weird how that actually updates because it seems there's it a, takes a bit to update mm -hmm. and the, 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 you can't see the mempool right so there's a mempool but you can't mm -hmm. really see it because there's yeah. no yeah. interface <laughs> and exactly. it went through right and then i'm like oh no got some and i think i got it for 1.15 was the rate i think mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that i wonder it, it started out as 0.5 right so you got two csr for one zef in the beginning that was the initial exchange rate for the ZSR, and now it's at mm -hmm. one. Now you've got to pay, or I, I paid 1.15 ZEF for one ZSR. And I wonder where this is going over time. You know, it's probably going to go to like. Two. I think if you go to Trade Ogre, you can get some. Periodically, people are selling ZS, ZRS. Yeah, um, but it's like super high, right? I mean. Yeah, you're paying like a 2x premium or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine if you're going to hold it forever because it's actually not. Like if it's a permanent hold, it's fine. Yeah, because more than likely it will not only get to that same price again fairly quickly, but on top of that, you're going to get the yield forever, which is pretty high yield. But what kind of impressed me is how short the window was to get some. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> so it's good. I mean, it's good for the price action because it means there's a lot of people watching, right? Exactly. That's exactly what happened when we got closer to that number. Everyone started watching, going, "Oh, I need to convert to ZRS," and they're panicking about it and then after a while they're like wait a minute why the fuck do i need this why don't you just buy more zap <laughs> so why do i need to do this nuisance yeah exactly <clears throat> yep made it back to about 1350 off of like the bottom of about 1038 um it never made it to its fib level of like uh 990 or something 10, 10 is kind of like a psychological target anyway, so there's going to be a tendency for buyers to show up. So, but the but the the volume today is still quite low, um, so I think uh, that's a good sign for this to trickle, keep trickling up because your sell side volume is dissipated at this point. Like, what is it? What is the twenty four hour volume? Let's see. Mm, it is at. Yeah, it's down to $476,000 a day, which is very low. Because remember, it was running like one to one and a half million before. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the price is down. So obviously, the volume is coins X price, right? So kind of a metric there. Yep. Also, there's a, we're at kind of a breakout here because, like, if you look at the last week, or no, the. Did candles it looks pretty good so far you know if we if we close this sunday anywhere between fifth let's say around here and 14 bucks it's 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 nice you know 
Yep. No, if it if it seals up, yeah, above fourteen thirty or something, which was the, um, yeah, you're right. Anything above fifteen bucks, and it's going to look really the chart's going to look beautiful again. It's like completed capitulation. You got a bowl, and then you know you're kind of retesting that. Maybe you'll have a cup and then a handle, maybe, and then you know off you go, right? So yeah, fifteen looks like the it'll make the chart look really pretty for people. You post that, and anyone with smart money will be like, "Ooh, that looks pretty good. I'm gonna go get some." <laughs> so, um, yeah, this looks. I think it looks bottomed out now. Finally, the fake the fake bottom was like the seventeen dollar level, and this was the more real one. Eighty percent pullback from the top, so can't really complain. It's only annoying for people that held that bought higher. I wish they bought lower and they waited, <laughs> but these things never work like that. Um, you know, nobody knows. Nobody I mean, knows. It's like you never really know. If it goes below ten, I'm gonna dig out some more money. You know. Well. <laughs> yeah, when these are when these things are a lot higher, and people remember these conversations when we talked about how little we knew exactly how, where it was gonna go, and like how much it's not luck, but just like time in the market and just adding on the way down and stuff and. Like, you know, these things are never exact. I mean, even when I bought it the very first time at six bucks, it was like, it was the top, literally. Um, I had no idea it was going to just go straight up at that time. Like, it was just pure luck. Just happened to pick it up right at a breakout, and then it mooned because a bunch of people posted on YouTube about, about it or something. So it ha that happens. Just We're just fine. It's kind of an interesting thing, too. Like, it, if you never hear about a project at all, is that worse or is it better if you happen to buy high, it dips and you have to wait? Um, you know, cause like sometimes the important thing is to get access to a project and informational understanding is more important than like getting the exact first price. Cause, cause finding good projects is hard. So therefore like, you know, maybe the, the acquisition of the knowledge is, is actually more valuable than your exact initial entry price in some ways. Because there's a whole bunch of other coins probably that are way better priced than Zephyr right now, but you're not in them, right? So because you don't know them, it doesn't help you at all. Um, so the knowledge itself, like, is a key piece of it, I guess. One could argue, like, you know, if you had the money, you just take like uh, take the top one thousand coins and buy a hundred dollars of each one. You'll probably do really, really well. <laughs> like that, that was the that was the sweet thing to do in two thousand. All you had to do is buy everything. It didn't matter what it was. Everything bumped. Yeah, but then if you spread it evenly and just wrote it out, probably even Google and, and whatnot going going up like where they are today wouldn't even make up of all the losses, I guess, if you spread it out evenly between all the things that disappear, right? Well, so, but that's assuming that you didn't sell. But, I mean, if you sold everything after like a 5X or 10X, you'd be fine, right? Yeah, 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 sure, definitely. Because those micro caps moon like crazy. Like, you'll, like your hundred dollars becomes like ten k or whatever. You're like, wait, what happened? Um, so, like, so micro caps are are magical in that respect. So, in this case, like Zephyr's super super early, right? We're only forty mil market cap. I mean, in a bull market, I mean, come on, get out of here. This thing can you know hundred x from here. Um, and so we're not really even in a bull market yet. Looking at Google searches and trends, we're we're just basically just trickling in right now. Just the start, pretty much. So, yeah, yeah we, we are still very early, I would say. I think what people don't realize is basically when the internet, when this whole bubble took off, 
And when it came back, there was still not a real use case for the internet. It took like another five years or something until someone was actually really having money generating businesses. Like, okay, eBay was early and paper was early, but it's like until it really took off like mass adoption, it took a long while, right? I mean, Amazon basically <laughs> is the best example for how the internet took off and how it all took over, right? On the worldwide scale. And if you think about crypto in the same manner, we're still pretty early because very few people are using it, right? But it's coming and a lot of people will use it. Part of it is because crypto sucks so far. Like it's just terrible user experience. It's a legit problem. So, but I think that's why I'm more bullish Chainlink though. It's because if you talk about user interface and usability of these protocols, Chainlink makes them all way more usable and more liquid. And then Zephyr gives you the privacy utility, which you, which you need very specifically. You combine the two together, and you've got a really good combination of, you know, you know, utility there. You know, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting if they incorporated just CCIP somehow. I'm not sure if it's possible to incorporate CCIP into a proof of work chain, um, but that would be super interesting, right? Because then you could bring like, you could buy um, Zephyr assets directly off protocol using CCIP dexes, and just swap for whatever the fuck you want, USDC or whatever. Off you go. That'd be really cool. Well, I look at things like um, like the Zephy app, right, on, on, on iOS. I mean, something that early with that little user base and that little market cap has such a nice app on on the App Store, on Apple. Yeah, you know? and DM, DMT did a great job on that, didn't he? Like, yeah. That's yeah. really nice for what it is. Yeah, for such so early in the – yeah, exactly. Uh, and with the swap coming in, you can add the swap to that too, ultimately. Uh, of course, they built it. He's going to do it. There's going to be, I mean, Apple doesn't like this kind of thing, right? But if no, you, but you have... can, so they don't like DEXs directly uh, because you can't really, like, that's a whole other regulatory thing. But you can put a browser in the inside that, yeah. that goes yeah. to that DEX and then have it connect exactly. to the wallet, yeah. which is, is how Kepler works, right? That's, yeah. so you can do that, no problem. And I think it's actually that kind of tricky to do that for them. Yeah, no, he can he can do that. It's going to be probably pretty straightforward. Yeah, the question becomes, how do you connect to multiple wallets, though? Like, right? Because like you've got your, you're going to have to have your seed phrase for more than one wallet to do this for Zephyr Swap, and that gets a little bit trickier. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't really know, but I, I I guess that a lot of people overpaying a lot of money for shitty user experience tech because they're just VCs. They, they don't know shit, right? They're just like, yeah, maybe we can make some money and this dev wants that much, you know? It's like no one has really a clue how simple some things are or how difficult some things are. It's just my... I, I come from a different tech space, but it, it happens in my market as well. You know, it's like there's so many people with money out there that just try to, to make... a make money and they don't care right but it's not basically that they don't give the best product to the people but it's just because they have so much money on the marketing side that they can actually output good products not good products usable products but they could be a hell of a lot better but they just don't need to care because they can sell them anyway because they just have such a marketing power right i guess the same thing is true for crypto and to some extent Yep. In case people didn't hear the convo from <clears throat> earlier this morning, the um, um, 
the kind of the alpha here is that uh, Chainlink is at breakout level. Um, 1780 was the mm, high like in December. And now like we've at 1781 at the moment. It peaked above that to about 1870 and now retesting that. So if anyone hasn't had, you know, a chain link bag and they're interested um, in some momentum here, uh, you've got it at this point. Because um, we waited like three months to break out of consolidation. So the rest of us were sitting there waiting. But um, I pointed out pretty much that uh, between around $20 and $53 chain link, last time chain link was at this price, it only took about um four months to basically get you a 3x so not a bad play here for all-time high the targeting the all-time high return for chain link within a several month period i think it's very very feasible and that would be like and you know of course like if beat by the time middle of the year end of the year is coming btc is running close to its all-time high you know barring any kind of disasters then you know then you you are really set up to get to the all-time high break and then like 102 and 140 fib levels for chain link um you know those are pretty good dollar value targets for chain probably links. late or early 2025 definitely is a good play right now yeah yeah late late 2024 to late 2025 you're talking about like 10x from here almost or, or maybe 9x actually by at this point but whatever the point is like pretty good safety play as far as like not too much downside here, relatively safe company and good, like relative upside, com you know, compared to uh, like a lot of stuff at this market cap. So you're not going to get the hundred X on it, but I mean, a relatively safe, let's say five X plus that's, that's a pretty decent situation to be in. I think it's not a meme coin or something. So you're not going to get the million X, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, it's still a good play. Sefi, I've got to step down for a while. I might, might, might come back later as a speaker. Yeah, That's I think I might drop too, unless someone else wants to hop up and hang out or whatever. Uh, if anyone has any other like comments, questions, thoughts, bullish, bearish, or otherwise, um, let me know. Especially if you have anything bearish to say um, that I don't know about, let me know. because <laughs> uh, So we don't tr try to get wrecked. Um, so I picked up a little bit of Doge today at the current price. I picked up a little bit of Litecoin. I got a little bit of Mina. My NA, one of the guys mentioned that. And that actually looks pretty decent. It's like a, it's actually not. Um, the, the chart action looked pretty good. I mean, so I just kind of, it looked similar to Link. So I grabbed some. Um, Kajira looks good here. It's right at FIB level pretty much at this price at $3.00. 17 cents it's good um let's see other things that were good here mm. uh, what else ethereum at this point ethereum could run some more i think it's got plenty of room to go it pro ethereum probably should be I think Chainlink and Ethereum are the ones that probably over the next six months return to prior highs. That would not surprise me at all for either of these two. They tend to run together too, by the way, generally speaking. Um, 
part of that's because some of the part of that is because some of the um, leverage trading platforms on Ethereum, like Aave and whatnot, have Link available for um, you can borrow off your Ethereum and, and um, basically buy Link with it at leverage. So you tend to have those people pump in your bags a little bit. Ethereum goes up, Link goes up automatically. Or not, not immediately, but follows it or whatever. Because people can now gamble their Ethereum wealth. There's going to be a lot of interesting plays also. Another place of research, if someone wants to do some research and get back, uh, would be mm, projects that are small cap, but connecting to CCIP native, which is the Chainlink um, sort of interoperability protocol. Because um, there's there's probably going to be like a new new set of markets of people that are wanting to buy, say, for example, cross-chain NFTs that are CCIP based. There's going to be people that want some of the various like, I don't know, coins and assets that are floating around that CCIP, CCI, the CCIP ecosystem. Yeah, that's basically a, a layer one set of kind of like token liquidity layer. And dApps that incorporate that shit early may do pretty well. In fact, one of the ones that did was SOM, Zucky Mannion's um, protocol. Let me see what happened to it. S that's S-O-M-M. -M. And let's see what kind of price action it has had. Trying to find a decent chart of it. Actually, let me go to coin hall and see what they say. Maybe they've got it on there. SOMM. There it is. The SOM osmosis pairing. And they have a 43 million market cap at the moment. Hmm. There, well, wow, I don't know what happened here, but like some sort of pumped quite a lot in December and then dumped quite a lot by now to like 40 cents down to 17. That looks like a pretty decent buy at the moment if it's a decent, but it's kind of an inflationary coin. But anyway, some is one of those where the protocol, the coin may not be that interesting, but the some trading protocols are like Ethereum and Bitcoin trading vaults and shit, and they use. Chainlink CCIP infrastructure to connect their shit together. But I don't think it has anything to do with the valuation of the SOM token much. <laughs> so, uh, whatever that's worth. Although, the, man, the chart looks pretty nice and wrecked. Mm, if you're interested, SOMM actually looks like pretty good va value buy here. Mm, if you look at Coin Hall, you want a small bag of something on osmosis. Anyway. Um, What happened to our autism token here? Let's see here. Mm. Injective dipped a bit today, like 5%. So autism did the same thing. It's down to a $2 million market cap, which is quite small. 135K liquidity in the pools right now and about $5,500 volume. So it's kind of like petered out. Um, we're going to have Bruce uh, tweet some more fun shit about it or something. <laughs> but it looks uh, 
like it's working on bottoming out, bottoming out unless the injective takes one more dive here, which is possible, by the way. Then autism will have its like last leg down, I think. Yeah, I'm not like basically um, injective has run so much, like it wouldn't surprise me at all if the damn thing dumped a lot. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, but that'll drag down some of the like meme coins on injective and stuff like autism and ninja or whatever. Mm, what else? Anyway. Um, oh, someone said uh, great spaces and stuff. That's cool. Thank you. Um, let's see if like anyone had any questions from the little thing real quick. Um, sometimes people post questions in the thing, but a lot of times I'm not actually looking at the, oh, um, Khan said VeChain with Walmart surpass, surpasses 200 million transactions. I didn't know if Walmart's thing was vaporware or was it actually an action? I guess the way that they're making it sound here, VeChain actually is connected to Walmart now. And achieved a job-dropping job milestone, 200 million transactions with Walmart China. Process on a private network dubbed Walmart China Blockchain Traceability Platform, a private network built on the VeChain Thor blockchain in 2019. Okay. <laughs> We were talking about VeChain briefly earlier in terms of like real world asset tracking. Um, not that I'm I own any. I just we were just pointing it out related to like Chainlink and some other protocols that do similar shit. Um, but VeChain, interesting. I didn't know that their Walmart thing was actually in play. This is in China though, not in the U.S. Hey Drew, what's up, man? Hey man, I know you guys are trying to go here, so I'm just just real quick. Not ask. really. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> Just whatever, spend whatever time you want. I downloaded the Zephy wallet uh, for iOS. Finally, I've just been using a desktop one. Um, I don't see an option to swap to ZSD in it, though. Am I looking at this wrong? No, he doesn't have it shown there okay. because if you message DMT, I don't know if you've seen DMT tree. Yeah. He'll uh, send you, like, there's like a little Easter egg in there that lets you do it, but he didn't do that so that he could get approved on the uh, App Store easily. Because when you do, like, when you behaves like a dex they'll make it think that you're doing like uh, that you're you know running an exchange so that's yeah. why they he they created problems for him so he hid that but there's some little easter egg in there that you can push to make it work apparently nice <laughs> so, all right yeah he kind of worked around it i'll shoot him a dm he doesn't follow me so i don't know if he's going to answer but uh yeah, yeah he probably will yeah. just or just uh, just add him or something um but yeah i forget he, he forgot to tell me what the easter egg actually was i would otherwise i would just told you but anyway, in the meantime, just use the desktop wallet if you have to swap. But um, oh, Knox, Knox DGen was asking, like, what are your thoughts on Zeta? Zeta is that so? Um, when one of the other guys was here earlier, he asked about that same thing. And Zeta is basically we went through the white paper here this morning, and Zeta Z E T A is a chain that's Cosmos based, Cosmos SDK, Tendermint. Um, um, you know, Byzantine mechanism essentially. So it's basically running on Tendermint and it's a cross chain chain that interacts with IBC chains, basically Cosmos chains, but it also interacts with EVM compatible chains as well. So it's like a better version of Evmos or something. And that also is going to connect to Solana and be able to like cross chain transfers with certain assets there. 
and then it's going to have um, the ability to connect to BTC via, I believe, some kind of Thorchain implementation of some kind. So there's, they've done something there as well, because Thorchain was referenced in their white paper. Uh, and uh, the problem with Zeta that we went over was that the price of it looks obscenely high. It just came out on um, Coinbase and it initially dumped and then pumped, but its market cap is relatively high for what that chain is, which is basically nothing yet. So I, I, what I told him, the other gentleman was like, oh, there's Ian that was here earlier. I told him basically like, if you're going to buy this thing, scale in. So get a very small amount and scale in bigger on the way down. But it could definitely do like a 90% retracement from the current price. So I would be careful with the uh, the price of it. Outside of that, like, yeah, it seems like it's a legit project. Yeah, Kyle Chasse had a video on it a couple of days ago, and it was a $200 million market cap, talking about like maybe a short-term 5X on it. I mean, do you think that's realistic price action for something like that? I mean, he's, yeah. he's always exaggerating. It's it. realistic. It's realistic. It could happen, but it could also 5X down too. <laughs> like, it could 80% down or 5X up both. So whatever you're willing to put into it, be aware that like if you buy it, you should be okay with the downside because yeah, maybe, it just maybe, got maybe li- it just got listed. Maybe I'm left curving this too much, but I, I mean, how how irrelevant does something like that become? Um, well, I think it's, well, think of it this way: I think its yeah. market cap was like around 300 mil. Yeah, and I believe its FDV FDV was like three bill something obscene. Yeah, exactly. They're, this they're is the problem. Dump. They're going to dump, and is it going to be rendered irrelevant with CCIP down the road? You know, that's I mean, the thing. So the thing about Zeta that was I warned him about was that CCIP makes this thing irrelevant mostly. You know, this this would be like, well, I take that back. If Zeta Chain could incorporate CCIP, they have all of their bases covered for the most part. Um, but yeah, like, do you need these kind of cross-chain systems if all these chains are going to implement CCIP anyway? Eh, maybe not, right? That's where the trick comes in. And yeah. Zeta Chain doesn't solve for you the problem of like, let's say you're using Kajira. It doesn't solve for you the problem of like connecting Kajira to something else, um, right? It doesn't solve anything for other blockchains. It just makes an entirely new layer one with a whole different set of shit on it. And I don't know what kind of projects have deployed on Zeta, but it's... FDV is three billion. Actual market cap is three hundred million. It is listed on Coinbase though. So the caveat here is that, like in a bull market, you know how everything runs. Nobody gives a flying fuck what the FDV is. Like they didn't for Celestia, for example. Yeah, so, which, is, the, which is my argument for things like say an injective. You know, 10, yeah. 10 plus xing from here. You know, and making it into the top ten. Um, yeah. So so you could but, you could bet definitely run. Um, but you should also be always prepared for a like eighty percent downturn in what's, those. What's the unlock schedule for the? Uh, um, I don't know. I, we tried. To, I tried to find that. I didn't see it for Zeta. Um, each of these, yeah, Say Network, Tia, all these have like high FDVs, and they have various unlock schedules. Um, so as long as you Honestly, dump on the the you you dump before the developers dump on you, you're fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. I mean, some of them are extended so far out, though, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, if it's like two years out, we're probably going to hit our peak before then. Right. So, yeah, that's the theory. That's the theory, at least. Yeah, I guess none of them are really long term olds, but, you know, just just little leverage bets. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, Rare Mint was asking the question, if you 
if you LP your Zephyr with other stuff in the new swap, um, would you have a lot of impermanent loss? The answer is yes. So the highest, so if you're bullish on an asset, do not LP it, just hold it. If you want to have a different price action, meaning you you don't mind if there's some impermanent loss, but you want more stability by pairing with Monero or something, then fine, that's a different price exposure. And if you want to hold the LP for many years because you want to make the yield off it, that's a different exposure. So um, yeah, he was asking just about it. Yeah, impermanent loss is going to be a factor if you, uh, for sure. So anyway, oh, Cheetah said, um, click send on the main page. So, so for Zephy, um, for Drew, if you want to use the thing, click send on the main page, then toggle self-send, and then pick the asset you want to transfer into. Christ, how did I not see that? Thanks, Cheetah. <laughs> click send on the main page and toggle self-send and pick the asset you want to transfer into. So there's yeah, I'm trying that. that right now. So take a look at it and see. Is there some system there that he created? Um, Daddy was asking, what the what's the best way to sell near all-time high? Is it booking profits all the way up? Pretty much yes. Or suggest an alternative optimal strategy. I think the this is the reason to do the FIB extensions is that you could argue for just, you could sell, if you're interested in selling, you could sell some with each extension. Um, and that, that's reasonable. Um, it depends on the asset you're talking about though. Like, I think each chart is a little bit different as far as like how I deal with selling. Um, and the market caps are different too. So I think you have to, you have to have a thesis for like why you're targeting specific levels. And then as you get closer to those levels, you would have to sell some on the way up to sort of like, you know, but like trying to find the exact all-time highs can be very difficult, um, if not impossible to really do. I mean, it's going to be luck. You know, it's like you're trying to get educated luck or educated guessing, as you say. Um, so if you take Chainlink as a good example, what are the odds it's going to hit all-time high again? Pretty good. Why? Because like it's consolidated a lot. It's um, put in a nice bottom. We're early in a bull market. It's moving quite nicely. They're doing a lot of fundamental stuff, blah, blah, blah. So that's one where like returning to all-time high is irrational and very, very doable. Um, and then you say like, what top are you predicting? Okay, well, maybe, you know, from 50, you get to like the next FIB level up at like, you know, you know 140 or something. And so, okay, is that rational? Yeah, it's rational because you could make that market gap. If, if even if it's for a short period of time, you could definitely get to that level. Um, and so then you say to yourself, "Well, maybe I'll get out at seventy k. I mean, seventy you know seventy dollar chain link or whatever. Maybe I don't want to wait for one hundred forty. So it depends on how aggressively, um, how greedy you want to get. But um, one argument can be made: you take out a little bit at all time high, and um, um, even at thirty two dollars, there'll be some selling pressure, like in chain link, for example. So you could probably take out 10% there. And if you get lucky, price drops 20% or 30% from there, you could buy back your coins and now you have just more coins. So if you have a lot more coins, then mm, even if you miss the exact top, you're still doing okay. So it depends on how big you, how big you can trade your bag into. So you could take every FIB level and sell some. That'd be the like prudent thing to do. And then every 20% dip from those FIB levels, you buy back some. I mean, Chainlink makes 20% drops all the time, like, like like on a week, on a monthly basis, it'll drop like 30 to 
So you almost always have a chance to buy back lower unless you're on a really substantial run after a long consolidation. So right now, I wouldn't gamble because like we just went through a consolidation for three months or so. And the probability of like us running are pretty good. Um, but like once you hit the next sort of impulse move, which next pivot is 21, the one after that's 32. I think 32 is a good target for Chainlink. Then I would be like saying, okay, maybe sell some at 32. Um, either go to cash and just take the profit or be like pick something else that maybe hasn't run yet or see like wait for a dip wait and then like you'll have more of chain link so there's different ways to to play that game depending on where you are in the market cycle if you get late in the market cycle you don't want to cycle into anything you just cycle into cash and be done with it <laughs> so that you don't because uh, you don't want to ride whatever bullshit you buy down to zero or gigantic giga dumps to you know 80 percent or whatever so um you want to be careful the farther in the market you go this early you can make a lot of mistakes one way or the other and be fine um this early in the market i'd say man like most people are better off just holding like don't even touch anything till like near christmas time or early next year probably and watch how things are going um, because like you're you're more likely to fuck yourself up somehow <laughs> that's what most people end up doing you get a bunch of stories about that so yeah selling is always like a tricky thing um DCing down, DCing out. These are these are options you can do. Um, but anyway, Chugs, what's going on, man? Yeah, not much, not much. I uh, thought I'd tell you why XRP was looking good. I figured oh. it out. Oh, did you find some information about it? Yeah, they locked up 800 million tokens in the escrow wallet again. So, yeah, that was a nice sudden realization. <laughs> uh, Wait, I, don't, I, don't, I don't follow. What happened? Something happened. Do you know like Oh, do you know what their escrow wallet is? No, I don't. Like they have a, like the, so you they, mean the team wallet? No, so they've got an escrow wallet that they use that uh, periodically once a month, they release tokens to do OTC sales. Okay. Uh, obviously to, you, well, usually it's to uh, exchanges and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, they just locked up 800 million out of 50 billion, 40, sorry, 46 billion. So four, 800 million out of They locked it for what billion. reason? What, what does that mean? They just, locked it up? They just put it back in the escrow wallet, so it won't be touched for at least a month. Mm. So it's out, it's out of circulating supply, basically, for at least a month. No, what I was getting at is like, what? Um, oh, did they do that to combat the, the 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 executive that had his stolen shit? Wasn't Probably stolen. Started. It was frozen on the um, exchanges, uh, the trades. So it, he's perfect. Like as far as I know, that all the money. Total will be of two thirteen mil has been hacked, totaling one hundred twelve. Million unauthorized access wasn't hacked. So Dollars, but someone... didn't, they didn't say how, how much. Um, no, yeah, not hacked. Yeah, I mean the the personal XRP yeah. account. Somehow the executive decided he was going to leave his uh, seed phrase sitting around or something. <laughs> and I got, think... I mean that's what happened. He got his seed phrase stolen basically, and then he had that, um, you know, 112 mil worth of XRP offloaded, and then some of it was um, frozen, but we don't know exactly how much. But I'm not so worried about that. What I was asking was like the the major bulletproof. sort of partnerships and whatnot for XRP have. Is there any bullish news regarding those things helping the XRP price in terms of utility for the token? These types yeah. of things, um, like what specifically has happened? That's well, you know you'd expect. How long um, over a period of time? Like, do, do, do you want just like recent or do you want like over? Yeah, or whatever. What's like the most bullish thing 
that, that there's two things hmm? they've almost got a payment license in every single u.s state which just solidifies their legal basis uh for using a obviously payment XRP. license um what does that mean so basically they can just trade fiat i guess uh via the crypto so it's essentially like an exchange i guess okay uh, but obviously they're not using an exchange but it's just so they can cover the liquidity uh because the whole point of ripple is they want to be used as liquidity for cross-border payments and obviously right, the financial right. system so that, that that's the main bullish thing about xrp that's why it's very likely to do well when the sec fuck off basically <laughs> if they ever fuck off uh the other thing is the new amm proposal got passed uh the reason why you haven't seen a skyrocket in price is obviously it doesn't go what, live until what amm what, what amm what? Uh, so Ripple Labs developed a AI-based AMM to basically fuck, well, keep the state, the price of XRP stable, and leverage well the increase of price. Because the problem with XRP is, and this is what pisses me off, XRP cannot be worth more than say I think it's. Well, I worked it out about four thousand bucks a coin. I'm not saying it's going to be worth it. I'm just saying it can't be worth it for cross-border payments. Otherwise, it stops being cheaper than obviously you know per token or per transaction for uh cross-border payments you might as well just pay the fucking fiat fee so it oh, can't be worth there's, there's a there's like a threshold effect after which it's make, it doesn't make sense okay well it's just more you get you have to pay a percentage usually or a handling fee don't you so for example me and my dad uh, tested it you have but to considering pay... it was 50 cents now it's like clearly not a problem at the moment so oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like but some yeah, yeah exactly problem. But it's more so, it only costs something like a fraction of a fraction of a cent right now to send however much XRP you want. Like, it's cheap as fuck. And obviously, if you want to do thousands upon trillions upon whatever transactions, which is what the aim is per day, that all adds up, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, you don't want to be spending more than fucking the coins worth to transfer it just doesn't make sense but the amm's there uh it's an ai based uh, amm designed by david schwartz well I'm sure the ai based amm actually means i have to look at the details of what the ai is doing i'll send you his he did a I'm lecture looking, i'm looking at it now like what the, the ripple it's, state discovered it's, it's a revolution recently that they had to fix um uh, for 0.025%, I think it was, or something like that. But what are you they, trading they, for? What are you trading Ripple for in this AMM? Uh, it's not released yet, so we'll find out. <laughs> I, I'm looking uh, to see, like, is there an actual... There might be some liquidity or? pools that have been mentioned, but it's uh, there's thousands of tokens on XRP, the XRP ledger anyway. So they will be pairs instantly, and uh, as long as Ripple is fronting the bill, which we're all hoping Ripple will be doing the majority of the liquidity pools. It's uh, should be good because obviously yeah, they've got they probably, they probably will foot the bill, which is probably like they have plenty of money, so it's not that's not the problem. Well, plenty of money, and they've got eighty percent of the supply. So right. them to just so the rumor is they're going to do a giant burn as well. I, but you know what crypto is like; everyone fucking says that about their tokens, to try and get people to on board. Now, what I think is going to happen is they might do that. They might sell some Ripple. Then what they do is they take the, the parts they sell, they turn it into Tether, let's say, pair the XRP with Tether or something like, or Bitcoin or something. And then what they do is they, um, to make everyone, uh, to make it kind of market neutral, maybe they burn some of their supply to say, hey, look, now the supply is going down. And therefore, well, we like, think we're compensating for the, the sale. 
We think that's what the SEC is going to demand of them. Uh, we think that, or not demand of them, or so. I was in a few XRP spaces the other day with like quite big XRP people that do talk to like David and I don't know if they talk to Brad, but I know they talk to the developer because he pops into the chats every now and again. And uh, he's the he's 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 basically the lead developer at Ripple Labs. So if you see Ripple, David's all over it. He, he's quite a funny guy, to be fair. So maybe what, um, what, what you mean by locking means it might be that there's a certain amount of XRP that's going to be locked in the actual AMM. And therefore, it's not really being used. You're not really selling it. You're actually benefiting the community in a sense by like providing liquidity well, for transfers and you just leave it there forever or something. Probably. Only because they are... So do you... Have you, have you been following the court case? Do you, do you understand? No, what no I don't follow that XRP. Zero. I have no, no oh. nothing about it. Right, so you know they won the court case with Judge Torres uh, back in when we saw that giant pump to almost a dollar, right? That was yeah, to say that... So there, there was a few parts to it. The first part was Ripple may, and this is what the court case said, because this is why the court case is still going on in, in a different section, may have institutionalized, uh, instituted uh, sales of security tokens only from the obviously there being investment contracts via the fact that they were doing OTC sales. Uh, even though they disclosed it, everything was transparent. The SEC have gave it the all clear in an email or some shit. I'll have to double check that. Just don't quote me on it. But yeah, that that that's that was what was said as a May sort of thing. Uh, it got deemed it, for the Howey test. It's not a security. So the the token itself is probably the is, is the only legally confirmed token from a court case that isn't a security. The token can't be a security, only obviously the sales can. Now, what's going on uh, after that is, oh, what's his name? Well, it's, it's like the whole thing is a bit gray area. It's not that it can't be security. It has features of a security for sure. Like it's like, doesn't you know, be a rocket scientist. No, the same with Chainlink. A lot of, most crypto does have security features. What the complaint is that our token, does more, our token does more than just function as a security. So the, the way that um, the, the just for everyone to understand what we're talking about here, the security basically is like, let's say Apple stock, right? You have stock in a company, the stock is a security, you issue that security and people can own, have ownership of the company. Um, in XRP's case, number one, XRP does not give you ownership in the company at all. Um, so that's one kind of maybe, you know, versus Ripple, for example, you don't, you don't own any Ripple because you have XRP. Um, and then another piece of this is that in crypto, many coins do something separate from their security function. So, for example, Atom secures the Cosmos you know, hub network, or Ethereum secures the Ethereum network, or you know, like uh, other examples would be um, there might be utility tokens that do something specific in the network. Um, so, for example, Chainlink might be the gas token for cross-chain protocol transfers, for example. So there, while there are security, security uh, capabilities of the token, so for example, Chainlink owns half the, you know, half the um, tokens and XRP owns half the tokens, there is a security function in that that company can then sell and dump on the investors in a sense and use them as securities in that respect. And they routinely do this, by the way. So that's what the SEC says. SEC says if if an asset has some of the properties of security, it is a security. That's their take. And then the 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 opposite take is, well, we need a new set of rules because like, you know, like what if it's only partially a security or maybe like 
because you don't use Apple to secure the value of the of your iPhone, right? Like the Apple stock. So that's what's different. Like you are using the the token for more than one function besides the securitization, and that's what the magic is. But the but yeah, with with these court rulings and stuff, all that has been said so far really is that there still needs to be more of a framework built or laws built specifically around what constitutes a security when in a blockchain context and what you know maybe what percentage maybe might so in the future you might have a situation where like let's say 20 percent of the tokens are owned by the team you know um that may be considered acceptable you know as a minimal security or whatever there's a threshold after which you know it's like really a full-blown security or something and then you know but even like apple stock and stuff sometimes you might like or like a stock in a company you know the the owners may have like 70% of the ownership of the company and they're only issuing stock for 30% of the value of the company, right? So even that is like you can have partial securitization of a company without a full public securitization. Um, so with crypto, it's just a mess. So that's what we're talking about here. And the judge in the XRP case kind of said, no, SEC didn't meet whatever requirements. And, you know, that some, a lot of these principles of how these tokens work are not exactly securities either. So the problem is if you it makes the technology not workable if you say everything is just a security because we, we have like a multi-function technology here and that Congress needs to put in some laws if they want to ban this stuff. And for now, like it's beyond the scope of SEC to just ban everything. Um, that's been the theory so far. I don't know how, how far the Coinbase um, uh, thing has come, by the way, as far as their lawsuits in terms yeah. of peddling. Because they've been basically, they're being told they've been peddling unregistered securities the entire time. And no matter how long Coinbase asked for specific guidance, they said, no, you have enough guidance. And basically what SEC meant is delist everything. Coinbase did not do that, so they got sued. And that's what yeah. happened there. So, yeah, a lot, a lot is still happening in this regard. Um, well, the, and the it, current legal framework uh, that ju the judge set is that if it doesn't constitute an investment contract, it's not a security. The, the token, If the token does constitute an investment contract, then it's a security. And I think they use the uh, orange uh, orange farm orchard as an example of just because you're buying an orange doesn't mean it's going to appreciate in value unless right. the owner of the orchard has said this will go up in value. If they've sold you something with a promise, that's when it becomes security. If they haven't made a promise and they've just sold you an orange, then it's not a security. They've just sold you an orange. And if it goes up, it goes up. If it goes down, it goes down. Like, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah. So maybe there's some like nuances with that too. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the, um, but the library case got thrown out as well, didn't it? In fact, the library case they had to apologize for. This was two days ago. Oh, really? Because, yeah. yeah. Well, no, was it the library case? No, it wasn't the library case. What's the one where they fabricated? Uh, well, the SEC committed fraud. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, another, that's another thing. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't yeah. forget the actual case. But yeah, that was oh, a thing. It wasn't like, well, maybe it was library. No, it was library, wasn't it? I don't it was library. No, it wasn't that one. It was something else. No, library have cited that in their well because they're trying to basically fight back aren't they there was a, it was another token there i can't remember what the fuck it was but basically they just turned around and they've apologized publicly now saying we should have done better etc because yeah they've, the judge said you committed fraud what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was a different situation that was uh, like the way that they were no that was a case where what happened was um there was a company that was told um you know they couldn't do certain operate do certain things so one of the major banks that they worked with delisted them and that, you know, they weren't able to like, you know, 
they weren't able to do their business. So they actually moved their um, assets to somewhere else is what happened. And they did that because they had no choice. They had to move somewhere else because they, had, they couldn't do business or, or, or whatever with that bank or whatever exchange. So then what oh, happened is the S- I heard they, the assets they... got, got frozen. It wasn't that they couldn't do no, business. No, no. So, these guys, so these guys went back and the SEC said, SEC told the judge, hey, look, these guys are trying to like skirt the law. They're hiding and they're moving their funds or whatever, but the, they had to move their funds. That was the whole point. But the, they misrepresented it saying that they were trying to do nefarious shit. That's how they got them in, into court. Then when the judge saw this, they're like, um, they weren't doing nefarious shit. They're just doing normal shit. And you guys are just coming, making claims that they're doing bad stuff. And then they, that's how they got in trouble. Yeah. And I'll, I'll forget, I'll forget that. Um, yeah, I forget the exact company that this was. was. I'm losing track of these. But it's oh. good that Congress has stripped power now. Well, they're, they're trying to strip power from the SEC, saying you can't be involved in crypto anymore because you haven't done your job. I think Hester Pierce is stepping up at the minute quite well. Um, but it, yeah, it has but, you know, the, the problem with the Congress is they say all this shit, but they don't pass any laws. Yeah. Because, the, because it's very hard to get bipartisan agreement with these things mm-hmm. because American laws, you know, you lump in hundreds of laws together. You don't, it's not like one subject. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. you might have good crypto law in there, but then they'll have, like, you know, oh, you have to let in six million immigrants. <laughs> they'll be in the same clause so that it's hard for people to vote and get consensus on these type of um, bills and whatnot. That's why, like, then, U.S. Congress has been in gridlock for any kind of real improvement yeah, yeah. In, in, for a very long time. I love Biden, though, crying, saying, can we just all get along? Yeah, right. Yeah, Biden needs to die already. He does. He's too old. It sounds harsh, but he's too old. Yeah, he's just, he's got dementia, and he needs to be in a nursing home. It's obvious. Um, Me and my my dad were talking about this the other day, going, any politician above the age of 60 should not be allowed to run for office. They're too old. Like, you know, they're they're not going to focus on the new technology. They're going to be stuck in their ways. Nothing above 60 should be allowed in. Like and if you hit sixty during your term, yeah, the, like the only know. reason, the only reason uh, in that it's kind of a fun conversation, but like the only reason that like they haven't proceeded with any kind of impeachment or uh, not impeachment, but removal from office proceedings is because Kamala Harris, incidentally, is also an imbecile, um, and it, you don't like make any progress. And the other thing too is if you go and make a gin up a big thing about this, um, then you're going to gin up more Democratic voters in the um, election. Who are then yeah. going to come to vote? So what you end up doing is like achieving nothing politically, um, even though you're trying to do the right thing, you know, in actuality. So there's like wars going on and shit, and you know, Biden's an idiot. And anyway, like at some level, what you have to realize too is like if you look at the last twenty years of presidents in the U.S. or anywhere really, like how much do the presidents really know? They don't know fucking shit about anything. That's the reality. Like mm. you have people that have very little say experience in business you have very little experience in um like military matters foreign policy or anything else you're just getting some literally some random i mean like you know, to some extent like you're not getting people that are like some kind of academic wizards you know running the country so at the end of the day it's like you know who's president who isn't the, the fact of the matter is like those institutions just sort of run themselves wars are just started and ended and you know, people just do shit. And a lot of times the chief of staff and the various like cabinet members, the ones running the government anyway, at some level. And even yeah. they don't know what the fuck's going on, really. Like they don't, you know, they don't know what the left hand's doing with shaking the right hand, you know, <laughs> like whatever that phrase is. Because like, you know, these are gigantic institutions and all sorts of shit's always going on. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting uh, behavior that, you know, with the way this 
whole thing works. But yeah, like, so with the back to the crypto story, like there's really no good way to resolve all of those problems politically. Um, you know, in Argentina, you have this guy like Millet or whatever, he's just going crazy, changing everything all at once. Yeah. It's and so funny, so you're, getting lo- you're getting a lot of, um, you know, like so many people are fed up because the country's just going into the dirt pile that um, everyone's like, all right, we'll do whatever you say. And so like, <laughs> like he's just shutting down a bunch of useless institutions and well, That's clever everything. though. Yeah, it's actually clever that he's doing that. It's, it's. He's, I think he's one of the first politicians I've seen this. Actually, going, you're useless. Goodbye. You're useless. Goodbye. Crypto tax. Yeah, the US needs crypto to tax. That. There's no tax on crypto anymore. Come, come to us. Like, which is yeah, very clever. Like, this is one of those places where, um, really, the, um, like, the Trump administration did a very bad job. Like, he, his, in, he was actually interested in deregulation, and 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 one of the phrases he had was like. You know, for every new regulation, we need to get rid of a bunch of them or whatever. Um, mm. And, um, you know, like we need to like really trim these books down or whatever. And the problem is, um, and he did quite a bit, actually. But the the problem is, is getting um, all of that work done is really difficult. And um, he's not a policy wonk sort of character. He's like, this is approximately what I want to do. You guys go figure it out. And he doesn't get into the weeds. And when you don't get into the weeds, you know, like, you know, the outcomes of these things eventually, you know, they don't. They don't last. You have to really, really like. But they didn't get rid of any federal organizations. They added the Space Force, but they didn't. Add, they didn't re- eliminate like. Why the fuck do we need like the Department of Education and like at a federal level? No reason for it to exist. So we have a bunch yeah. of useless institutions that don't do anything. Quite literally, that this shouldn't even exist. Might even save your economy a little bit, or at least drag it out a few uh, few more years if they start, you know, trimming the fat as as, as the saying goes. Nah, I think like. Uh, the the reality is that like the deficit universe is just the normal universe and all countries are just printing money. So it doesn't really matter. Like people say, Oh, like, you know, the economy is going to crash and whatever else. Like, well, like, so what? Like, so is everyone else's then like the whole, the whole world's economy crashes if the dollar crashes. So it doesn't make any difference really. Um, so it's like nobody's incentivized to reduce their deficit spending any more than the U S is. So, um, a lot of countries have high deficit spending. And so it's all just like relative. And if you look at how Forex markets work, like, you know, the dollar still is going up in value despite the fact that they're printing out the wazoo. So what does that mean exactly? Right. So it's like a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that like, it's not as simple as saying stop spending on bar, stop borrowing. It's like, that's like literally borrowing today is how money is actually printed. Like there's no such thing as printing money without borrowing anymore. So it's like, that's just the nature of reality now. And so I don't know if it means anything anyway, but like on the, on the crypto side of things, yeah, like the legislative stuff for securities and whether it's XRP, whether it's Chainlink, whatever it is, um, there's just no consensus out there in from the political side of things to come together and create laws that make any real sense or like, help with innovation for the Western world or stuff like that. When you say Western world, I think it's just America at the minute because the EU have got regulations out at the minute. The EU have got a framework. If the US no, were clever... Just... What, I, what I mean is Western world as in policies that will benefit like Western ideology like and Western technology and everything else. Because the thing is, like, if you look at crypto as a tech or financial technology or like computing technology you'd you'd hope that the western world benefits from the implementation of crypto right that's the whole point but um you know our europe and the u.s 
building regulations to benefit us technologically and economically? Or are they actually building systems that are more likely to hinder those? That's the broader question. I haven't looked at that. That's what I mean by this. I just know well, policies, I just know they're out. The the, 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 the ripple have literally turned around and used them to take the piss out of the SEC going, Europe have done it. Why aren't you? Europe have given clear framework. Why haven't you? Europe have got policies in place. Why haven't you? And like the SEC don't have a response to it ever. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason well, I know. Because the, because the SEC is not the one that makes those laws. Congress does. And this is the thing. Congress have been asking them to make them, though, for about yeah, six but months. I, that's what I'm saying, though. Congress is uh, always in, in, in deadlock. I mean, they're in gridlock as far as, like, Democrats versus Republican. And uh, the ways laws work in the United States, you don't have single bill. You don't have yeah. single issue bills. So there's no way to actually accomplish this without, like, a fairly unified Congress. It's not going to happen. The point is, Congress haven't received anything from the SEC. There's been no update. That that's the issue. That's why they're stripping them of their power. Oh, you're well, saying the SEC providing guidance? It's not their job to provide guidance. It is if they want to deem it. If, they, if they're the ones arguing the secu- uh, crypto security, and they're the Securities and you know Exchange Commission, it is their job. No, it is. That's not how the U.S. People. system works. Like the the only things SEC is allowed to do is mandated by Congress, and and so the people have to decide what those laws are going to be in the, in the executive branch in the form of the SEC can only execute them. They don't provide any sort of like anything really. So how can they take companies like Ripple to court if they can't do anything about it? It just doesn't make sense. It, it's, well, a, it's one giant. That's it's a their, be- their belief is that, that the Howey test um, like is um, relevant to many crypto assets. And they're, I told you before, they're not entirely wrong yeah. about that. The problem is um, crypto has more than one function, has a security function and a securitization and a network security function and other functions. So that's the problem. So, yeah, they're both everyone's right and everyone's wrong simultaneously. Don't you just love a fallacy? (laughs) Like, for example, if I were to spin up a coin today um, and I were to print a million tokens and like, you know, you, you think that my whatever token is going to go up in value for some reason, and you decide to buy some of it somewhere. Um, I hold fifty percent of it. You bought some of it. The value of my token goes up, and now I sell some. It's a secure. It's a security, whether it's a crypto or not. Like like how a security is issued is not what the SEC. Um, like like how you issue a security, whether it's on a computer, whether it's a piece of paper, you know, whatever. That's not what they care about. It. That's why the Howey test doesn't clarify whether it's like a token, a piece of paper, or some other thing. Securities can be issued in any form or fashion where you, where you, where you sell a fractional portion of a business or a, a, a asset that theoretically could go up in value. And then where it gets a little bit dodgy as well is like, okay, like what if I have a painting and I were to, you know, like the Mona Lisa and I were to cut it up into a hundred pieces, is that now a security? And like, like what, what is, you know? So the, the problem is, is that there are plenty of things like collector's items that would also qualify as securities. And that's not made clear either. Like Pokemon cards or some shit, right? Yeah. Same, same problem or baseball cards or something. So yeah, there's a lot of sort of gray area there. And before they didn't actually elucidate those gray areas because who the fuck's going to worry about like, you know, the baseball card securitization, like this wasn't a problem. Uh, It wasn't at a scale that mattered and crypto became a much larger scale than baseball cards and collectibles. That's why it became, like on the radar, so to speak, at some point. But like, yeah, but these are the gridlock reasons why this stuff doesn't get 
you know, like fixed. And, and the thing is, here's the other thing you have to keep in mind is money is all about power. So money, crypto, and tokenomics policy. Like if you say that 20% securitization is okay, 40% is not okay. That's actually a political view. That's not a monetary policy view. So this is the when you ask like, why doesn't the secure SEC provide guidance? Because the, anything the SEC provides will be by definition either socialistic or capitalistic or some other you know is ism. Because what will happen is is that the the thresholds that you place will by definition have a philosophical or like mm, I would say like political bias towards them, and therefore you're not going to get consensus among politicians because money is extremely political, right? Because imagine, like, what's the difference in capitalism and socialism? It's literally money, Div you know, money and how, how, how it's divided, how it's distributed, um, who gets how much of it. And so with crypto, it becomes very political very quickly in terms of, like, any policy the SEC were to create, someone would say, oh, you're being political. And the SEC is supposed to not be a political organization. And so they can't actually provide really much guidance without getting into the weeds and going to the dark end of one political philosophy or the other very quickly. It's an interesting problem. Just one of them, though, isn't it? Because like, like, if they make, <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though? Like, if they, if they yeah. submit an idea to Congress, like, this is what you should do. And, oh, that's awfully socialistic, man. You know, or, like, or if you make one that's like, ooh, that's awfully, you know, that's a little too capitalist for us. You know, there's not enough, uh, you know, whatever. You know, so you can see how you wind up with these decisions being highly political. Um, no matter what. So money is integral to our nature and to our nature of politics and is very specific to political nature as well. Like if you're a statist versus a libertarian, you have a very different view of how money should be regulated. This is the problem with like, I mean, it's the same thing with guns or any other like, you know, freedom in a sense, freedom of speech, freedom, you know, and then so money gets into the deep heart of everything in anything. If at a deep level, money is actually a type of speech. And it's an ability to sort of like exercise your um, liberty. So when you get into even cryptocurrency and stuff like privacy coins, like Zephyr or Monero, um, you know, like why is it that only public blockchains are legal? Um, you know, is do you not have the right to to some privacy at all? Um, people have been asking that question a very long time. And like the way regulations work in the U.S. at least is, if I go to my bank today and I take ten thousand dollars in cash out of my bank account today, my bank, my own money, I will get flagged automatically by the Department of Homeland Security, right? That's how this works. Why? Because like, why, what are you doing with that much cash? And are you paying a terrorist with it? Or are you, you know, doing some kind of illicit shit, right? So like, there's a threshold amount of money after which people are willing to take away your privacy, take away your ability to sort of like freely transact without being flagged. And the same sort of thresholds will happen ultimately with crypto or anything else where certain amounts of money get moved and now you're going to get flagged in fact that's what's happening now in in um like i think coinbase i believe in the major exchange in the u.s i believe have to report anything above like 10 grand or something moved or some number like that so the social security numbers all your kyc information will automatically be flagged somewhere and that will be a database somewhere where maybe that will be used by ai or algorithms to determine who to audit um, like who has moved money off exchanges, moved here and there, and have they reported their taxes is one thing. But the second is, you know, have they com committed any financial crimes? You know, that's where FinCEN comes in 
and yeah. all that shit, financial crimes division. So that like, so you can see where like, what, you know, small amounts of money, nobody cares. Like, the bigger it gets and the more pronounced it gets, all of a sudden everyone cares. Um, it's just a natural tendency for these things. So the early part of crypto history, like, you know, you could get away with just doing whatever because nobody cared. It was just not enough money to matter. Now it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So now all of a sudden they have to like, and, um, they, they don't know what to do exactly either because they don't want to stifle. See, there's a lot of people in, in the U.S. that don't necessarily want to stifle um, American technological innovation either, right? You don't want to regulate things to the point where like no business can actually be performed, right? That's Elon Musk's complaint that there's so many goddamn regulations, no one can do any business. So that's negative um, EV ultimately. Whereas like you're getting diminishing returns for all this regulation. Maybe your crime goes down a little bit. Maybe you're this and that. But at the end of the day, you're really just slowing down innovation, which, um, you know, the accelerationists get upset about. So th this yeah, is kind I'm, of like I'm part of that. Battle. I'm part of that band anyway. I fucking hate red tape more than anything. And I understand it's needed sometimes, but it's just sometimes it's just way too goddamn much. It's, just, it's really yeah. just a spectrum, right? Like is the red tape needed at, you know, on a scale of one to 100 is it needed at a 90? Is it needed at 80, 70? Right? Like that's the problem is yeah. where, to, where to place that red tape. It depends on your personal like genetics almost, right? Like your physical mind, your brain is going to have a different threshold for when a certain piece of red tape needs to be laid down compared to where I'm going to have the same particular for that same particular problem, right? So everyone has their view on how much red tape is too much. And you know, I think most people, if they get their child kidnapped, all of a sudden they're like, wait, oh, oh, you've crossed the line there, right? Like somebody's done something wrong and you need to go find my kid, right? Like, so I think there are certainly certain lines that most people think are, you know, clear places where regulation and whatnot are involved. And then there's others that are just like unnecessarily, um, you know, obtrusive. And that needle moves a lot too socially, like over the decades, you know, right? Like, so. Um, you know, what gets you deported in America today is apparently nothing. You can just walk in and no one's going to kick you out. Like what's going on there? I don't know. Uh -huh. So like, but that was not the case, let's say 20 years ago. So what has changed? I don't know. You know, these type of things. So the, the pendulum shifts a lot with regulations as well. So that's why like with crypto, it's tricky because like we haven't had to do like serious regulation about the nature of money for some time now. Um, you know, there was some few things like, like I said, the $10,000 rule for Homeland Security or whatever. That was new after 9-11, for example. Um, so there's been some of those kinds of things. But it's it, like as soon as, you know, regulators like, OK, we think we got the world figured out. Then you get like fucking AI scammers and then you get crypto scammers, whatever. And so they don't they have a hard time keeping up. Yeah, I mean, AI is going to be the big one, really, isn't it? <laughs> I know we can't stop it, but it's, yeah, it, it, I, I personally think it's scary. It's how far it's going to go. That, it's it's going to cross a lot of red lines for a lot of people. It's, it's, it, it's just, I'm, the way I see it is this. It, we, it needs to be in a restricted system. It cannot be given freedom. And I already know that's near impossible. But there needs to be some yeah, that's very too late. Late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I know. Cats well, out I the mean, bag. yes, I know. It's not like the AI is out there replicating itself. Well, that we know of, <laughs> that we hope. <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, it's it's out, isn't it? That's it. We're done. No, they've they've got self-replicating, self-coding already. So, 
yeah, how, it's not, how how good are they? Maybe not that advanced, but there's it's not hard to make those. But um, what I mean is out there about thinking for itself, creating itself in a factory using crypto. Because mm-hmm. yeah, if it can, I mean, if a human can do technical analysis, fucking yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I really really don't know. If I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, um, it doesn't take a whole lot of capital these days to self-program, uh, whatever. It's so these things are coming, and so the the how regulatable is crypto? How regulated is privacy? How regulatable is AI? Um, you know, and and is it even going to be possible? That's the part we don't really have a good feeling for. I mean, yeah, we had this debate last time, and there's no point rehashing it. It's just whatever happens, happens, right? It's yeah, we yeah. just ride the wave. That's it. That's all we can. Well, it's, it's just like crypto. That's all you can do. What are you going to do? Like you're going like, to, you have no idea what these billions of people are going to do with the world. <laughs> oh, we're so fucked. <laughs> I just know we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, there's always every generation. There's always someone that thinks everyone's fucked. So it's like you never really know. It's hard. But we do know. know. We, we've got enough science fiction fucking writers and TV shows. And yeah, right. It may not be That's real. True. That's true. Some like, a lot of that stuff does come true, doesn't it? It really like <laughs> flying cars are a thing. <laughs> like, we're a bit late, but uh, what well, with uh, Back to the Future, but some, they, people, they are some people are already like posting the people that have their Apple Vision, you know, goggles or whatever, and they're oh, wearing that yeah. shit in the gym and like walking around with it and stuff and like looking at shit while they're, you know, carrying this gigantic ski mask looking thing on their face. It's really pretty funny. Do you know what I find more more than anything? Did you see the um? Oh fucking hell. Did you see the dude that um, I always forget his name? The uh, new owner of uh, Apple. I say owner, the CEO, standing outside pretending to gra- congratulate people on uh, buying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A fucking retarded man. The Apple did. employees like clapping and stuff. No, yeah, I mean, that's the yeah, one you saw. A, they're going to have a you know fun with the whole thing, but no, it's interesting. Like the culture behind it's going to be fun because, like. Uh, definitely if you look at like late nineties where almost nobody had a smartphone, um, people have posted some really nice videos online of like the, um, culture of the world before, you know, everyone had a phone in their hand where like what parties look like, what outdoor events look like, you know, people talking with each other, listening to music and kind of dancing, whatever. And now it's like you go to an outdoor event and everyone's playing on their phone. Um, and yeah, like th- things are just legitimately less fun because people are not interacting. Uh, and I, I wonder, like, when more people have like AI shit on their face, like the goggles, the glasses, the whatever, like, there's gonna be more and more of that shit distracting your brain at any given moment. Um, that's like that's gonna be an interesting culture to watch. It'd be fun. You say interesting. I mean, I went to a gig not too long ago, and. Don't get me wrong, I had my phone out at times, but that's because I wanted to record the memory for me. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, I've got so many videos now on my phone of the gig. It's one of my, one of my favorite bands. And yeah, I've got but, that but for you, me. But you couldn't stop yourself from playing on your phone, though. You did it anyway. <laughs> well, no, no. You could have just hung out there and watched the event, right? I did. I, I, I had my phone up, but I watched the event, like not through the phone, but like obviously with my eyes. I just had my arm up in the air because, you know, I'm just, butch enough to be able to like keep people away from me sort of thing now after i got like one few clips just just for a memory phone was away i was in the mosh pits i was enjoying myself i was having do you know what i mean i, I was back to the real world i think it's okay to do things like that 
if you're just trying to take a memory of it, it's like no difference taking a family photograph at a gathering or something like that. But if you're you're gonna live on your phone at this game, it depends on how like invasive a thing gets or whatever. Yeah, but the thing is, like kids now though, the difference is is they don't know how to put it away for that long. Oh God, no! Like I, I, I make sure I leave, I leave my phone in my pocket when I take my dog for a walk. We're sufficiently, we're sufficiently old enough where, like, we know we have a little bit of discipline that if we have like an event or some shit, we're gonna be like, okay, time to put the phone away. Let's yeah, or at least face event. down, like yeah. put it face down or something. Like if you're like, I can't. Like I, I've said this to like. This is coming from mind. someone that's fucked around in his phone and his computer all morning long. Uh, <laughs> you know, today. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you you do this for as, as a hobby sort of thing. This isn't yeah, an event yeah. for you. Now, I've always, I'm talking to this bird still. I friend zoned her, but she's making an effort, so I might unfriend zone her and give her a chance. If I take her out for dinner, this is going to be a test I do. And she's on her phone, and when she's talking to me, if she leaves it face up rather than face down, I think oh, I'll see that as a good You're trying to find a woman that's not like destroyed by the smartphone? I not destroyed. You're going to have but, a hard time. But can focus on something else for a moment. It's a first date for fuck's sake. If I'm taking you out for a meal, the first thing I expect you to do is try and get to know me. Not look at your fucking phone every time it flashes up. That's why you put your phone down. Remove the, you know, what I mean? like remove the distraction. And yeah. that'll but be you know a red flag. People, people are so used to that shit now. You probably have to like make that demand right from the very beginning. And you're, I'm going to put my phone away. You put yours away. Like, and then we won't even touch them. That kind of thing. Otherwise, like, yeah. Uh, People have gotten so used to like that expectation. They don't even think other people judge them for it anymore. So therefore, it's like the odds you're going to find a woman doing this is like hard. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, no. Uh, to, to be fair, she she seems quite old school, but she's young, and that's that's. Like I said young, younger than me, uh, and that's the that that's where it comes in. Like I, she, I think the generation before mine is the cursed generation. Uh, after mine, not before. After yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I just, it's fucking. There was a point after which, yeah, everything went to shit, probably. It did. It fucking, like, do you know what is the most upsetting thing in the world, right? When you go to a park and you see where a trail used to be, and it's all overgrown because no one's walking on the trail anymore. And it, it that breaks my goddamn heart. And I know it makes me sound like an old man, but it, it's, no, it's I mean, horrible. Like, we used to go to, like, you know, um, you know, late high school, college and stuff. We'd go to, like, different raves and things. We'd go to different events. Uh, you know, we'd, like, people would you know throw a little club party or something or whatever right like there's always something like someone was throwing some sort of event yeah and like the last time uh so my son's pretty good about it like he'll he'll cook and stuff and he'll throw on the barbecue whatever and he'll do stuff but i remember one time like he had a bunch of kids uh when he was in high school and a bunch of kids came over and like everyone's sitting on their phone uh, so I go out there just to like pester them a little bit. I'm like, Hey, you guys throw any parties or like, what are you guys doing? Like when you're, when you're seniors or whatever the fuck, like you guys <laughs> yeah. like, do any events and they're like, Hmm, I don't know. So like, I was like, Oh, this is a bad sign. If like the dad, you know, the dad has to tell you guys that you're not fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, you know what? I, I, when I go to the gym and shit like that, right, there's obviously kids, they come up to you, they ask you for advice, and I've got quite a friendly face, so I get a lot of people coming up to me going, how would you recommend this? Hi, can you help me with this? Can you spot me? I like Same with the climbing I do. And when you talk to them, you realize they just don't know how to be social. <laughs> you sit there going, without drugs, in fact, sorry, if they're smoking weed, it's different. Like Everyone that smokes weed seems to be the most social fucker in the world at that age. 
But like 19 year olds not knowing, yeah, it's good to go out and party every now and again. Just like don't take the piss with it. It's it's just it's something else. It's you just yeah, no. I, I can't I yeah, can't do it. It's an interesting phenomenon where like yeah, the 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 ability to sort of like uh socialize when the time comes is like a tricky thing. But yeah, I was telling my son that I was like, when you're looking for a girl, I was like, you know, yeah, if, if you can find someone that's not like uh, completely phone trapped, that's actually fairly rare. So it's it's actually hard to find like uh, like girls these days. Like this, he was saying, like it's like I mean, like they're just trapped with their Instagram shit and whatever, and the thing brainwashes them twenty four seven, right? So they're fucking, they're just fucking nuts, basically. There's no, there's they're not normal. There's not, there's no such thing. They can deny it if they'd like to. But like the reality is their their brain is getting fucked and they're not gonna be able to like think straight. They're not gonna have like for delayed gratification. They're not gonna have like, you know, you don't you don't wind you don't wind up with the correct machinery to be able to raise a child properly. I mean, if you don't nope. have delayed gratification, what the fuck is your child's gonna have? You're not gonna have they're not gonna have any delayed gratification, right? Exactly. So a lot of those things do impact like your your life. And it's like like it's very hard to find such a magical creature though. A magical creep. No, you're not wrong, mate. Honestly, like, seriously, like it's like a unicorn. Like it's like, where, where are you going to find this mystical beast? No, no, I I completely <laughs> fucking agree with you. But it, it doesn't like, I'm I'm an old fashioned guy with new fashion with new age values. So like, I get every like, you're not going to be, I'm not going to find the perfect woman that I'm sitting there going, you know, fucking yeah, you're going to be everything I want. It doesn't exist. Like for example, my last girlfriend had own only fans. All right, whatever. Do you think? Fuck it, make your money. I don't give a shit. Obviously, she wasn't doing anything with another guy, but that's it's just something you have to accept in today's fucking reality that girls probably had only fans. Is that or die like without having sex again? I'm not. I'm not going to go through that. That's just weird, though. Like it, it, I think is. it depends on the the circle you travel with, too. But like, oh no, every woman I know in in the UK has tried an only fans at least once, and they yeah, always go. They always say it's just feet pics, and it's like it's never just feet pics. It's never just fucking feet pics. No, There's not that many pics. men that are into yeah, that. Like, I don't know. The process of doing that changes you, and you just become a weirdo. Yeah, she That's was a weirdo. Reality. To be fair, I'm happy. I'm happy it ended. <laughs> I mean, you're you're like, there's no like, there's no scenario where you you know a person having an OnlyFans doesn't wind up being some kind of weirdo. Like like, what real world context does that make any sense to even be doing as a as a thing? Right, like it doesn't. Uh, she made good money, though. To be fair, she did make decent money from it, so that that's why. Uh, and she didn't have to. Well, we know why people do it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but the decent money that comes from that comes at a cost of your mind being changed. Your 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 brain is no longer the same, essentially. Oh yeah, well it's it's, it's like uh, prolonged porn addiction, isn't it? Like it warps parts of your brain where it, mm-hmm. it has been proven to do that uh, because obviously it creates this unrealistic expectation of what sex actually is and how it should be and all that sort of shit and yeah many against those things but there's also just like the fact that it your your attention like you your desire for attention is different like once you've been doing that forever like it's a weird thing i don't know like i don't know And, and like the other thing too is like when guys get to do these types of things like us having like retard spaces like this like we're mostly just talking about like you know, it's more, you know, we tend to get more technical, you know, it's really more like um, it like deepens your like for men, the, the social media stuff just deepens like wormhole, like uh, not wormhole, um, like rabbit hole behavior. Like you go into something like crypto and you talk about it too long or whatever. Um, but it, that doesn't really affect like 
a male's relationship with another woman necessarily, because you're not really like most guys are not sitting around talking around about women or something like that. But when you have like a thing where you're just specifically trying to get attention from the opposite sex, which by the way, like you have to imagine like women are probably way more popular on OnlyFans than men are. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And I would imagine like the most um, successful people on OnlyFans are the ones more sexually appealing, almost surely. Right? Oh, like, she was so. thinking you're wrong. She was extremely attractive, but it's, yeah, it just didn't work out. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Like what, what didn't work out? Like what was her problem? The problem was she got too friendly with everyone around her and didn't realize when guys were chasing her. So it was a case uh, of, uh, and I, I'd have to point it out. And it's just too it weird. Was, yeah. Yeah. Like I was talking to, so obviously in the climate, you, in other words, you're not a level where you want to like have to point this sort of thing out. Does it make sense? Yeah. And it, it just got to a point where we had a little bit of our first argument within three months because someone who I considered a brother at the time was trying it on behind my back. And she was telling me, oh, and I just sorry, sat there going, said that. yeah, and I, she was telling me, and I was like, do you not see what he's doing? And she's like, what? He's just, be, he's just being a friend. I'm like, are you fucking, like, I, 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 my mum walked in the room and I said, are you, are you fucking for real? Like, I got really high pitched and like annoyed because I'm like, you can't be this stupid. You just, you just can't be this. And obviously <laughs> w- w- women know. And I sit there and I've got quite a good, tolerance but like i can't deal with stupid like it, it's it's as my dad yeah. says you can't fix stupid and it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and and here and here's the thing like if you're popular on something like an only fans like what does that say about you right it means very specifically that you are you do all sorts of stuff to sort of attract all sorts of people simultaneously so if you think okay. about that well how does that translate to a person's real world Exactly. exactly to the real world because in the real world you'll start behaving the same way you expect the same amount of attention for everyone you meet and when you don't get it you're not going to feel right let me and, tell you something funny and as not well. that, but here's the other thing chugs like on, on something like an only fans the vast majority of follow you are people that either pay for your thing or actually like you specifically for that and you've scattered gathered them from all over the world in your real world you're not going to have anywhere near the proportional number of people that like you um, so that it, it won't even make sense to live in the real world. You might as well just live with for your OnlyFans fans or whatever. Now, the funny thing is, right, is when she'd talk about it, and this is the, this is the humor behind all of this sort of thing. And I, I listened to it because I got a bit curious because I've just never been in that sex. I've never been interested in shit like that, right? But she was telling me what she did to basically pretend to people. Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she'd do dumb stuff. Like literally, go and get a bit of water and put it on her underwear and send a picture. <laughs> and say that, like, and then so oh, you sit there just laughing your ass off. She'd be sitting there eating fucking like ch- potato chips, you'd call them, whilst like pretending she was doing shit. She'd uh, she put porn noises on in the background and say, "What's that?" <laughs> I'm just sitting there wetting myself. It's like guys actually fall for this. So doesn't that also speak to like the testament of how like men are just fucking well, just retarded nowadays? like to pay for that sort of stuff but she'd always talk about this one guy as well who apparently had a lot of money but didn't have enough time for a girlfriend so he'd use only fans to get off basically but just no no you can't like but that was the stupid right there i just couldn't i couldn't do it i just that, that's not how it works it just fuck five women on the side and just be what he is yeah, it does no it's like you know and like the, the reality is like the same exact things that make one largely successful doing these things are just not the same things that make you successful. And like, I don't know, say for example, raising a family, you know, it's just like, 
your mind is gonna be warped too much at some level. Not only that, but it's a red flag that like even the person that wants to even try to do this thing is kind of a red flag because what the fuck's wrong with them to begin with? I'll give an example. Like if someone shows up to me and they're doing meth, right? Like as a medical thing, like, you know, you see people that do use meth. And um, yeah. if a person's using meth, you're like, wait a minute, like normal people don't wake up one day and go, hey, I'm going to use you meth today, right? It's usually people yeah, that no are usually fucked in the head to begin with. The yeah, same no, thing is true of people no that get on OnlyFans. You have to be fucked in the head to begin with to even start doing it. Like, like you, by you know, definition, your brain yeah. is by doing it. Like, like there's not even a need. To, <laughs> yeah. You don't even care what they do on OnlyFans. You're just an imbecile if you're doing it in the first place. It's like there's something wrong with them to begin with. And to me, that's how I kind of look at it. I, I do agree to a point for that. I do. Oh, fuck it out. Because, like, find, like, find a reason. Like, I mean, I guess there could be someone doing pottery classes on OnlyFans. Okay, fine. Right? Maybe they're doing it for some, like, hobby purpose. Okay, I get it. That I get, maybe. Unless you're, like, you know, like making a pot while you're naked or something. <laughs> you know? Didn't... Hang on. Oh, do you know what that reminds me of? Uh, South Park episode, Taking the Piss. Literally the same thing happened. He's sitting there and it's, uh, it's Randy. You know Randy. Everyone knows Randy. He's probably like my favorite uh, South Park character. Okay. He makes an OnlyFans to battle his wife, basically, to say, look, I can make this money lower. And he's just doing naked cooking. And he's like, <laughs> I remember, he does like a salad, right? And he's like, and you want to get the sausage, and he puts his dick on the table and gets two like uh, like uh, tomatoes next to it, and, he, <laughs> and you want to make it look presentable. <laughs> this is fucking so stupid. Yeah, it's oh, like God. imagine a imagine a woman saying like, "Hey, I want a guy that's spontaneous," and so she goes and like picks up some dude that like maybe is like a surf bum or maybe is like you know, jumps out of airplanes all the time, just like parachuting, let's say. So, so, so that's literally like, my life dream is to jump out of parachutes. So yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so let's say, <laughs> let's say this is like the one thing this person does and they like have their life wrapped around this for some reason. And, um, and you're a woman and you choose the guy that like has these ideas, like they, this is what they want. And you're going to be surprised that that person doesn't have other strange behaviors wrapped around them that maybe not the exact same ones that would like go with raising kids you know what i mean like, or something yeah, like yeah. That. so like these kind of red flag type of things go both ways for both guys and girls in a sense and like and um like people's priorities and what they're going to spend their time on says something about their personality at some level and you don't need to know that much about a person to realize wait a minute like that's not something like I would do frequently, like even something simple, like, for example, let's say um, uh, you know someone that likes to go to the mountains. Maybe they fly somewhere once a few times a year to go skiing. That's a very specific lifestyle where you're going to spend your vacations, your extra time planning and going skiing and then doing all that shit and coming back. Like that's a very specific type of person. And um you know a lot about them if they're if they're like a regular skier. You don't even have to ask yeah. very many questions. You already know something about them because there's a whole life that goes wrapped around that shit. The same thing would be true like most like anyone that's serious about sports over their lifetime, like surfing or something. Like there's a lifestyle that goes with that shit, and you have to be accepting of that if you're going to go with that. Oh yeah, hundred percent agree. But like, I'm just putting this as a reference point to the OnlyFans thing. But like, okay, I think most people can be like, all right, yeah, you ski a few times a year, sure, I'll do that with you. But like the 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 OnlyFans girl, like what like what, what are you like? What are you gonna find in common with this person at some point? Like 
you know, you're equally weird. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. We, we both climbed like a lot. We were both addicted to like bouldering and that that's pretty much all. I... Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all we had in common. We both like to eat shit food. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, bouldering. That, that, that was pretty much it. I like to travel and stuff like that. She said she did, but all she ever wanted to do was go and climb. And it was just like, eh, yeah, all right. This is this is fun for this fifth day in a row. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just one of them, isn't it? Yeah, and and maybe like I don't know, maybe all this stuff is just like normal. No, no, you're, you're, I'm, I'm, you're I'm just overthinking right. it. I'm just too much of a nerd to be like, you know, like you, no, you are right. It, it's damaging because you, you, it's damaging. But this is just referencing back to what you were saying about obviously women at, at the moment. It's. Women, women are realizing. So your your son sounds like he's doing the same thing. It's men aren't chasing women anymore. We're, we're just not. We're not going for random women. We're not taking shit from anyone. We're not. Do you know what I mean? We're just not giving a shit anymore because it's just not worth chasing to know that you're not going to get what say my grandma gave my granddad man chases. They actually have a conversation. They get along. Yeah, there's a mutual respect between the two. It just doesn't exist anymore. Is, that it, level of is that bad in your area or what? Like just oh, mate, I'm telling. Like I, I don't want to date English girls anymore. It's that bad. Like I, I, <laughs> I I'm literally. Go, like, find, you have to be like Robo. You got to go find yourself a Thai woman or something. No, no, I'm the girl <laughs> that I want to chase right now, but I'm refusing to chase because it just works. Is a Persian, so Iranian, and she's respectful. She's nice. She's like, I was out for New Year's Eve. She's fucking, she's sound, but I'm just, yeah. That, that, I, about four or five white girls were checking me out on, and I say white girls, uh, uh, English girls were checking me out on but New Year's Eve. This is a, this is a Persian girl, but she doesn't do the whole like um, head covering thing. No, no, no. She's basically westernized. It's, it's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, Western Persians are nice. Um, like, people that still honestly, like, like, one of the most Islamic lovely women type ever. Persians like freak me out, but like, yeah. Westernized All person. I'm gonna say, right? If she follows Islam, it's very, very loose because she got white girl wasted <laughs> to a point yeah. where I had to carry her on my shoulder and drive her home with her with my mate. So yeah, it's because uh, no, a lot, my of, mate a lot of people that have left Iran, like even the U.S., like they're they're not um, heavily into that, and a lot of Iranians are not actually like some of the Missouriastrians and different things. They're not necessarily all. Um, uh, Muslim either, and they tend to be much more liberal and and uh, yeah, they're fine. oh she one hundred percent is fact, definitely they, liberal. They're upset with the state of Iran, like that kind of people. You know what I mean? Like they don't like how yeah, yeah. Like home countries have a thing. Oh no, he, yeah, she did that him. So she's my one of my mates' nieces, basically, their older brother. So it's not as weird as it sounds. <laughs> and uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so it, they both hate what's going on in Iran, like especially with the obviously women getting mistreated by the Taliban government. It's yeah, there was that big one three years ago, the woman that got killed for speaking out, and most of Iran went up in up, uproar, didn't they? And I know all the all, all the Western Iranians were like getting really pissed off with it all because all she did was speak out against something. Or no, she didn't wear a headscarf. That was it in public, and they killed her for it. And that is terrifying. It's, but yeah, yeah, it's like no, but yeah, you, like generally speaking, um, you're going to have like a bit more, um, a bit more traditional values. You see more in 
particularly women from the East for sure. Like my wife is spending time like watching a bunch of like, you know, like I don't know why she got into the binge watching like Chinese shows and shit and Korean. Oh, shows. Korean Korean dramas are fucking. Don't get me wrong. Korean dramas and Korean TV shows are the best. I <laughs> they are kind of... like. I'm just gonna say this, right? Look at the yeah. goddamn uh, graphics she, on she them. Likes, what They're she likes almost... watching is like, but she likes watching like the Hallmark channels type stuff, like just you know, oh. simple um, romances and shit. But one thing I noticed for sure after walking by a million times while she's watching this stuff is that like the live store style portrayed in, um, especially um, Chinese and maybe lesser so Korean, is a very conservative lifestyle. Like both in dress, in mannerism, in like um and sort of like boy girl interactions and all that like so it's actually kind of funny like how um like how how much more uh traditionally minded their tv shows and everything continue to be even to this day like very much so i mean there's squid games obviously and shit like that but like there's (laughs) like uh japanese get and especially if you go more to japan there's much more liberalized um sort of like um, entertainment and stuff but on, on Chinese TV, holy shit, it's very conservative. I don't know if that's like a CCCP thing or some shit. Like, but, it's uh, definitely a CCP thing. You know that for a fact. Some, yeah, they like really mandate very specific type of behavior, maybe. But like, like women's like clothing is like, it looks like man clothes. I mean, it's like you know, buttoned up to the neck. You know, big collars. Like you don't like it. Just reveals no shape of the human body type of thing. It's really funny. Maybe it's cold I mean, there too, because I always wear coats in those shows. <laughs> yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, Korea especially. Fucking hell, Korea. Well, I mean, China's not... Let me look at the map. On the equator, China's actually quite level with Russia, isn't it? Because you can, you can get a ferry across. Yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of these shows, they might be from Hong Kong or somewhere. I'm not sure where they come out of. Like, it might be colder in some, but I just noticed they're wearing a coat all the time. It's weird. Let's have a look at Google Maps. Let's uh, see if my fucking geography skills are shit today. Uh, only Russia's like, like, like for, for, as a reference, like, um, uh, like even Indian films are becoming much more racy than Chinese are, for sure. Like, for, for sure. Like, it's interesting because, like, Indian drama and movies and stuff used to be very conservative, like, maybe, you know. 20 plus years ago or whatever um when i got married but like more recently it's definitely a lot more it's getting racier as as the years go by which is whatever you know but like um the other thing that's funny too is like more and more tv shows incorporate like uh smartphones into the show like we're we're People are typing on their phones and sending messages to each other. It's the funniest fucking thing because now you're watching TV shows about people texting each other, which is the weirdest fucking thing to watch. I, <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Yeah, you're right. Like uh, when you, you get a little that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. TV. Fucking hell, yeah. Because if, if you saw people like actually pick up the phone and call someone as part of the drama, it just doesn't seem normal anymore. So they have to show people texting and then they show what they're texting, which is even funnier. Like, you know, little you're watching them type and put in emojis. I'm like, really? We're going to watch a TV show about people typing? It's the weirdest thing. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, you, 
<laughs> you know, oh, it it's, it's just you're making me feel old, dude. I'm 28. Come on, man. I don't need to be feeling this old. <laughs> oh, 28 enough. You're gonna notice, yeah. Like, yeah, if you're 28. You, you'll notice this. I mean, my son's 21 and he notices this shit. He's like, what the? Um, but I pointed out to him a lot, so he tries to like correct himself a little bit or like tries to like if he's going out with he, tries, girl, to make, he tries to make that proud is what he'll you're saying. try to put away his <laughs> shit, you know he'll think about that because i've I've made fun of him so many times about it right like i actually like shamed him and shit right so it's like <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good thing to do though like that's, I, I that's, good, that, that's head, embarrassing. no it's actually kind of funny um you, you know the funny thing for guys is like if you are like um a guy today and you are not fucking around with your phone while you're, you know, out doing stuff. Like a woman's going to find you immediately attractive. I kid you. Oh, not. no, yeah, it's so true. It's the actually, people, I've noticed the number that, of yeah, guys yeah. that can actually like, you know, like put away their phone and actually act normal and be interesting, you know, because like they're so used to just fucking around their phone the whole time. The number of those people has gone down considerably. So, like, it's not easy to be, it's not hard to be impressive anymore. That's the funny thing. Uh, do you know what the best thing to do? Uh, did, uh, did I tell you uh, about Migraine Girl? Mm, uh, did I, I come into it? Yeah, you tell me. Okay, so, obviously, I've had that gig, right? Uh, not too long ago, the one where I got kicked in the head a few times. <laughs> Probably lost a few brain cells. And we're leaving the gig. And I'm just, and this isn't, this. I was there, but it wasn't me that did this. So I'm there with my mate Sam and Josh. We're walking back, right? And I, if I'm going to go and flirt with a girl, the first thing I do is wind them up because it's just fucking hilarious. And like, what man doesn't like winding a woman up? If you can't wind a woman up, you're not fun, in my opinion. Now, <laughs> he goes up to this girl who has these trackies on uh, that basically, they're, they're off the band, but they're just like every fucking spectrum of the rainbow and more on there. Like, honest to God, it's like looking at fucking a kaleidoscope. It's ridiculous. He went up to her and he went, I love your fucking trousers are giving me a migraine. And that's, at that point, <laughs> literally, you're, you're laughing, right? And he said it in the most ratty, like, disgusted way. I think he spat on the floor as well. But it was obviously all in jest. And... The yeah, yeah. smile on her face when he did that, it just goes to show that's what they want. Like they, they want someone that can literally just fuck around and not give a shit sort of yeah, thing. Of course. And <laughs> that that's putting your phone away is part of that. And like I've never ever seen that work. Like, I'm I've got game when I need game, right? I can fuck around, I can flag that. I've never insulted a girl and got her to, like that badly and got that fucking you're you're Given me a migraine, the first thing that you've ever said to this chick, you've never, like, fucking out. Like, hats off to the dude for that level of, like, yeah, he sold it. He sold it so well. <laughs> he sold it so fucking well. Oh, fuck. But, like, that sort of shit just makes well, me laugh. like, the thing is, like, a really pretty girl is used to getting a lot of attention all the time. That's, like, that's a thing. Yeah. So to stand out, you know, like, and they're used to that attention from when they're literally a baby, right? Like, you're, you know, a, a, a cute kid. It makes for a cute adult usually in there. It's like they've used to that attention um, literally for their entire life. And, you know, just, you know, for a guy to stand out when, you know, literally every guy gives attention is pretty tricky, I would think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the hard part. It's like, what is that like X factor that makes you interesting? Yeah. 
you're not wrong. Oh, it's just, it, yeah, I, 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 just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's why some people um, feel like mm, the the very pretty girl, like the nine or the ten type level girl, is like too much maintenance. Like, who wants that fucking baggage, right? Like, like you know, there's a certain level after which you're like, wait, that's just, an, you know, they're used to that kind of level of whatever attention from everybody, and then it's not really clear, like, yeah, are they. Where do they do they have their head on in the right place as far as like, um, you know, their not arrogance, but like their ego, yeah, their ego. Yeah. Is their mind in the right place? Yeah. As as that's concerned that you, you never know with that. Right. Yeah. You, you just don't. Uh, you know what? That's a good Cause, question. Cause the, cause the last two guys, girls that my, my son went out with are, 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 are really pretty and they they sort of know it. And so he's like, I don't know. Like <laughs> these, these these two girls I went out with. I'm like, what happened to the 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 girl you went out with the other last time? And he's like, I don't know. You know, blah, blah blah blah. And I'm like, you know. So it wasn't a question of like, you know, whether their looks were sufficient. It was more just the, these other superficial, these other like personality issues that kind of come up from that. Well, how did you meet your wife? That's going to be an interesting one. Like you are married, right? I'm assuming you're married. Mm-hmm. I think you said wife a few times, yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to buying her perfume. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go on. That wasn't a long her. story. Like, um, I kind of met her. Well, I don't want to say too much because it's going to like dox me. Yeah, yeah, don't give like specifics. Just but, like, the, just... Um, but mine was a very short thing. Like, um, uh, let's see. How did this go? Yeah, we kind of... Um, um had some dinner she was kind of um okay you said had some dinner how did she's you not meet re- she's not related she she was actually no, she's not related to um anyone she, what she was she was um a um a friend <laughs> relative is give yourself a second give yourself a second no, so she's uh, a friend of a relative mm-hmm. okay okay so she was kind of like recommended in a sense like hey you should meet this girl you were on a blind date you go put on a play. You just don't want to say it. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I mean, it was more like, um, you know, it's like my oldest cousin who's like, you know, has literally kids my age. Like, that's how much older she is than me. Um, <laughs> mentioned, oh, by the way, you might like this girl for whatever reason. And, you know, she's like, oh, you, you, should, you should go meet her. And I was like, well, you know, sh- she would know. It's one Like, I, I tend to trust people that I know with things like this, right? They're like, they, they yeah. would know who would like me and stuff. And um, anyway, so like I, I met her and we kind of went out and then we, um, um, let's see, how long did it take for me to ask her, me to marry her, uh, her to marry me? It was about, um, I think it was like eight hours. What? Yeah, she married me after eight hours. Wait, wait, what? What? Huh? Yeah, what? that's pretty much what happened. I mean, we didn't get married immediately, but like it was, it was like maybe like six months later after that. But it, we, we pretty really? much knew immediately. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You fucking Americans are quick, aren't you? Jesus Christ! Like, I, I've got at least a two-year limit. Jesus, I, mean, I kind of knew what I wanted, and she kind of knew what I wanted, and like we we had a pretty good sense of each other pretty immediately. And that's that was that. It's pretty funny. Um, we were twenty-three <laughs> actually. That's yeah. That's <laughs> off you, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I one just, of those things. So I didn't really spend too much time on the fucking dating scene, as you might imagine. It was like more just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. fair game. Like I'm, I'm almost yeah. jealous. I mean, 
eight hours is is yeah. No, granted, like <laughs> at at our levels, like if you think about it from just a, like a just like um, for our type of level in terms of like what we do for a living and what our parents did for a living and all this sort of thing, like the the odds you would find a woman like my wife. Um, I jokingly, um, we looked it up actually. Uh, and, uh, like we were joking about it cause there's like, you can like search for this shit on some website. I looked up like information about her and her like type of work she does and everything else. And uh, we plugged it into the thing and it, it's like the odds you would find a woman like her, um, like in a country the size of the United States, which is like, let's say it was 350 million people. It's like 5,000 people would be as good as her. In the whole of a country, in, for your That's, sense of what you wanted, no. As far as like everything from um, like standard of education, income level, I mean, she is in the top, like of the top of the top as far as that's concerned. So that's like the yeah, odds yeah. you would find better are like next to zero. And so, like to me, it was an instantaneous like, okay, that girl's for me. Was <laughs> is one of those things, and and so my cousin was actually right, and worked out well um but anyway that's how that played out if that makes sense <laughs> so yeah like, if, yeah i kind of realized what i had at that moment and i didn't have to really hesitate at all and she felt the same way so that was that she's she said yes and that was that and that's how it went so kind of funny huh I'm but then again like I, I sort of knew what i wanted out of life kind of early though because i like i graduated from medical uh school really really early so um, I graduated like four years earlier than most people would. So I was actually a lot younger at that time. By the time I was 23, I was already done with school and everything. Um, so I was already kind of a resident and this and that. So, yeah, I mean, she didn't have to like, she didn't have to use her imagination either. It wasn't like, oh, I wonder if this guy can support me or I wonder if he's retarded or whatever. Like it's like, like the odds you would find someone like me is not very high either. Right. It's like probably one in, you know, probably less than one in you know, 10,000 in the country at that moment probably had the same sort of like, you know, level of whatever, just, just from a, you know, like if you take out the looks or the personality or something like that, you just simply look at like, you know, just simply like, is this person marriable? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, um, yeah. so that was kind of what it was. And, and she was kind of in a, like, she wasn't in the mood to sort of wait forever to get married. She wasn't the type of person that was, she was actually kind of, you know, looking for a serious relationship too. And I was too. So it was one of those things where when we met, it was like, it wasn't like, uh, you know, we were expecting to have to like sort it out for a very long time. Like I knew I would know immediately if I was going to, you know, be interested or not. Nice. I'm going I'm to tell you something. So when the world starts to get really bad and these mugs out here robbing, you going to love digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning And I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun And then I'm like, one out of a hundred I'm just building up on it to some of everything We built in the last hundred upsets You're getting salty, feeling faulty You ain't no man, I keep Robo here Grinning ear to ear, throwing up anarchy Smoking toiletries, spitting philosophies Look at the dossier, we rack like geology This layers to this shit, like it's sedimentary All these little onion peels getting torn off and buried Imagine the smell, that shit is a vital experience Without knowing how you will not survive, period. Uh, he's a fucking trip, man. Jimmy, if you Jimmy, if you listen to this, right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death, like on a spaceship alive, you little troglodyte bastard. 
I hope you fucking listen, I hope you come to my house, son. I swear to God, man, I've got fucking loads of weapons and my dogs, man. Mate, you just a little rat, man. Go on, fuck off, man. Do one. Harmony. Me and the other one, do you love and for a fucking job? You fucking idiot. You've just been fucking up with this. Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy I'm just here for the corporation sponsored lobotomy Feels like I won the lottery Like I'm ghosting this pottery Chill, Demi Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle You would try to train your muscle Air dropping like a fatal hustle But the pay is buzzing Think of all the loss accrued Just to pick up on the tricky custom I figured all those sub Would make up for something I guess it just goes to show The fuck do I know? At least it's quiet over here I like my little silo It's better than watching them fight Over how to divide my time between Sitting at the desk and the ride home Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi-Fi Zapdos and Moldy shipping more than five guys Console open, waiting for the kamikaze When the flash phone bang, they feeling like paparazzi Snapshot motherfuckers We got layers, meteor, jawbreaker We cracking a lot of craters We rapping a lot of pay dirt Maxing out relayers Imagine the smell, five dollar wrench to your Darth Vader It's, it's really funny uh, to us at Binance That everyone here is talking about uh, blockchain attack. We know who all the validators are. We know, we know where they live. And we're going to their house. We're going to give a wrench. To their, a big wrench. And we will attack them with the wrench. And then we will take their validator home physically and put it in a truck and drive it to China. Right, so this is an extension of the, the activities you performed on, on BTC, right? Uh, funding and creating these massive uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to Lunk uh, in order to take over the chain, is that correct? Uh, it's more simple. There's no uh, EMP bomb. It's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava, and they have wrench, and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses. They are usually very fat and they're usually uh, in the shower with, you know, with trying to wash their mice uh, droppings off their uh, clothes. So it's very simple. We just walk in and we take it. But if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer, we, uh, we hit them with the wrench really, really hard. And then they say, stop, don't do that again. And we say, that's okay. Just give us your validator note, and then they give it to us, and we drive it to China. Ten spaces.